Oh, I said, an argument, I said an argument can be made, just a very, very, all caps, very bad one. And the homie, shout out to Aaron Freeman, shout out to Falcon fans, listen to Lockdown Falcons. He said, and I think he's being facetious here, as a senior in college, I wrote a 19-page paper on Will Smith's movie career up to that point. So as a leading Smith, Smithian scholar, I can say it is an awful argument. And Aaron has a check mark, so it's true. Like it's law. It's it's done. That conversation is over. Twitter has spoken. Verified Twitter has spoken. It's a wrap. Defense needs to come from like he is. He's gonna be okay. Like he's made his money. He's made plenty of movies. Like, there's no reason to lie about Will Inspiration. Let's get He just needs to stick to. Uh, Black boy down, they be joyous when we die. They don't even look at nice, they don't see the other side. They only kill the blacks, and then they say it's justified. They race to kill the homie, then they say they cut up blind. He dead. Hell yeah. Yeah, Red Table Talk's so I mean, after they go. Black boy down, I guess it's glorious when we die. Or they see a mama crying, they don't give a reason why I'm dead. It's not death if a rich man do it. It ain't dead if a white man shoot it. What's good, y'all? Your voice out. Peace 706. This is KTSC 64 We don't do nothing. We just kick it. 19 pages? My God. I feel like uh, I feel like Aaron was just being uh, facetious about that, but the point still stands. Yeah, there's you cannot read. There is no way you can stretch out 19 pages about Will Smith's acting career. His career is not 19 pages long. Like, I love Will Smith, but, like, he's played himself. Like, the Will Smith from Bad Boys, Independence Day, Men in Black, and Wild Wild West is the same guy. <laughs> like, they're not any different. What's up, Chan? What's up, KJ? I, I know KJ really isn't at Lollapalooza. I really hope you're not out there, dog. <laughs> you look would be shocked. If you listen last week, I'm, I'm gonna get that t shirt ready with KJ's Abby on there talking about RIP because you definitely have multiple <laughs> forms of COVID. You might have the, the newest variant that hasn't come out yet, but that, that's kind of where we're gonna start today. Uh, yeah, Delta variant. Uh, we've talked about this many times. We've been telling people to mask up, wash your hands, all that good stuff, and like people keep getting packed up by the Delta variant. Like, it's I, I'm not saying it's comical, but it, it low key is. Uh, because again, we live, we're a, a third world country masquerading as a first world country, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's people that are dying from a virus because they feel like they can do more research than scientists, virologists, and, and doctors, right? The virus doesn't cost you a thing, it costs you a couple minutes of your time, maybe jump in your car, go to local CVS, you know what I'm saying, get jabbed up. But people are just like, nah. I'm gonna hold out for the real vaccine. I'm just like the real vaccine, huh? The real one. It's on the way. It's on the way. Not the one that everybody's been taking. Not the one that all the famous and rich people are taking. The the one that's just specifically for you. That's the one you're waiting on. That's right around not, the corner. Not the one that 45 took after he told people <laughs> the virus was a was a hoax. But not that one. But the real one. When the real one drops, it's not. The, not the one that Fox News has been saying is a the, the COVID is a hoax while they have all been vaccinated. Not not that vaccine that they're taking, the, the new one, the new, new shit. It's on the way, right around the corner. It'll probably drop right after Donda drops. Yeah, that, that is facts. So 
one one gentleman in the uh, Las Vegas area, according to 8newsnow.com in uh, Las Vegas, he said, I have, I should have gotten the damn vaccine. Uh, Michael Freddy, 39, a father of five. Ooh. Ooh, I count him up. One, two, three, four, five. Yes. And, and his fiance traveled with their family to San Diego in mid-July. Mike Freedy's vacationing for a few days in San Diego in July. When Free returned home, he developed a painful skin rash. He's getting chills. He couldn't eat, couldn't sleep, yada, yada, yada. He later tested positive for COVID, developed difficulty breathing with pneumonia in both lungs. And blah, 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 blah. Yeah, oof. So she screenshotted his, his last message. Um, I should have gotten the damn vaccine. And yeah, you should have for free in America where we have an excess of vaccines. And this They're is not giving it away. They're trying to give it away. There's a young man in Georgia, 24 years old, need a double lung transplant. Like it's about to be like a Jordan highlight reel of people getting dunked on by COVID. <laughs> like I'm trying not to laugh because it's got five kids, but Jesus. No, but it, what's up that boy? Be a better example. Hey man, drop 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 a drop a emoji in the chat if you got a if you got vaccinated. I need to know. See, I have a I have a press myself to let people know that I've I've been vaccinated. Oh, wow, know? where'd you get that from? Amazon sells everything. <laughs> I, I only meant order like one, but I ordered like five or ten. But anyway, shout out, shout out to Jeff Bezos, man. That man was I'm just so trying to tell man. people that I'm not part of the problem. Like I'm trying to be part of the solution, even though I'm wearing my mask. But it's kind of like yeah. I, to the people that are on the front lines when we cared about them for like 35 seconds, I'm not part of the problem. I am doing my part to keep everybody clean and healthy. I'm like these other bozos out here. Essential workers. The essential workers. <laughs> yeah, and those people still really haven't got away from the mask from what I can see. A lot of people in like the food service industries and even the medical personnel, like they're not unable to go to work without their mask. And you guys are the people that are helping make them sick. Like... I heard about a conversation between two people yesterday regarding the vaccine where the person was like, hey, kind of being flippant about the idea of a vaccine. Mind you, this person has multiple churns, right? And I'm just thinking in my head, like, in order for these kids to go to school, they're going to have to be vaccinated. Yep. And I think a lot of these people are getting cure and vaccine confused. Yes, like, I don't they think are. they understand what the purpose of a vaccine is versus a cure. Right, the same people that get flu vaccines every year because it hasn't been cured, except that without a second thought. But there's something out here packing people up by the hour. Shout out to Florida for having the highest, the highest COVID count since COVID has started. Think about that. Florida first. Florida first. Like the highest count since this has started, and we have a vaccine. Like, you know how insane that is? You know how, like, countries like India or, or other poor countries are looking at us like we're crazy. Like, yo, like, my family members are literally dying in front of us because we can't get the vaccine. You guys are willfully refusing to take this vaccine. They're throwing vaccines in the trash. Like, make it make sense. Like, somebody make this make sense to me. Yes, KJ is correct. Facebook has people's brains fried. It's literally like seven sources online that are spreading all this misinformation. And I honestly think if this, if the pandemic would have happened, let's say 20, let's say 20 years ago, I think it's a non-issue. 
I even think if the pandemic would have happened with a different person running the country, I don't think this would be an issue because, again, it's been politicized because the leader of the free world essentially said it was a joke and used it to galvanize the meth heads that run his base. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And like you said, vaccine doesn't mean cure. Like it's not going to prevent it. You still need to protect yourself, but it'll keep you from needing like the double lung bypass and the skin diseases and it'll keep you out of the hospital. Like you might still get it. You might still get a little bit sick, but it'll keep you out of the hospital. Like at this point, it's like, you really don't have anybody to blame but yourself. Like just get it or just deal with the consequences at this point. Cause I don't know how long we got to keep talking about this. We've been talking about this for almost two years. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's funny how like people ignore science, right? until they need that science to save their lives, right? You're ignoring all these doctors, virologists, nurses, frontline workers that are in the trenches being exposed to y'all nasty people every day. But the minute you get sick, where you want to run to? The ER, the hospital to get help. No, that's science. You reject the science. All no, science. You suffer the consequences. That should be, them should be the rules. You catch, mean, the- you catch COVID at this point, just stay home. Just get packed up. Like, stop wasting everybody's time and resources because you want to be a nincompoop. Get out the way. Yes, for the Just for the actual. Because people forget there's people that are also sick with other ailments, like cancer didn't stop. You know what I'm saying? People breaking legs didn't stop. Heart heart disease that runs America didn't stop. Like, come on, man. Like, y'all really are not thinking about this, like outside of your own selfish interest, which is very sad. Niggas out here trusting rubber balloons to put on their dicks but you know not this vaccine like you gonna trust that <laughs> is that fda approved or condoms fda approved it was like hey man just go ahead and throw this thing on it it'll protect you from getting pregnant and all the other diseases like all right man let's go i mean it's the same concept like uh, condoms aren't gonna 100 protect you from stds but i mean it's a start you know what you I'm saying? Do, like, it, it, but it had like seatbelts Seatbelt ain't going 100% keep you from dying if you get in a crash, but it'll increase your chances of surviving. And that's all we're trying to do. <laughs> increase yeah. those numbers. Yeah, it doesn't it, it doesn't make any sense to me. And I'm just, we're just going to talk about it every week. Like, probably every week there'll be a new person getting packed up by COVID. And it's just like, how many stories do you need to hear about people on their deathbed saying like, hey, I wish I'd have got this shot. It's not like, hey, man, I wish I'd have had the money or the resources to afford this shot. I wish I didn't have. I wish I had the mortgage, get a second mortgage on my house to get this shot. You've literally had to go to the CVS, like right around the corner. Just knock that out, real quick. Just knock it out. Like the guy that's like on the corner selling oranges, he'll give you the vaccine. Also, he's got it too. Like you ask well, him, he'll hook you up. Well, there was a couple of NFL teams. I believe the Colts were one of them. They were actually having COVID vaccine stations at training camp because a lot of people are out there. That's yeah. that's actually kind of smart. I mean, yeah, but a lot of a lot of the players, I think we're up to I think sixty or seventy percent of our players are vaccinated, but we still have a I think we still have a long way to go here. Like our, our starting in training camp, uh, our our three starting DBs aren't playing because they didn't get vaccinated, so they've been kind of pushed to the side. I guess I don't know what what's going on up there. But speaking of the Colts, since we're talking about this, since I haven't been on on social media for like almost a week now. I've been having to find out news like a common person, and apparently my quarterback is hurt again. So, fuck my life, <laughs> whatever. I mean, he he saw what his uh, Madden rating was, and he decided <laughs> he couldn't 
Since he was slandered on Madden with the what they gave him like a sub it was like a 72, man. I, yeah. I mean, like it honestly should be worse. He was the worst quarterback in the NFL last year. Like he was ass. So uh I don't know why he's he would be I don't know why anybody would be upset about that rating if you didn't watch him, but it, it is weird uh um seeing all these uh trying to f- keep up with the news without social media. Like I I kind of got off social media just to take a little break. Like I'm not doing one of those, like, you know, I need to find myself and do a spiritual retreat or anything. Like I'm not, just not doing that. Just taking probably a few days off. But like, I didn't realize how much of my news I got from Twitter and Instagram where it's just like, if I don't go there, how do I find out news? Like I didn't find out Carson got hurt until like, I guess almost a day later. And uh, you know what? I want to guess. I'm willing to bet that two number one trending topics that have happened. Uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Tim Tebow catching a touchdown in uh, camp. I'm sure that was trending all over the place. And your boy Bobby Schmerger got new music out. I'm sure that was trending. Who? <laughs> Bobby Schmerger. He was on a song. He, had, he put out a little, little six... Six bars out there for the, for the world, to, world to consume. Is anybody talking about it or did I just listen to it for no reason? I did not even know he had. Oh, my God. And that's where I get 100%, 100% of my news from Twitter. And, yes, that boy, yeah, do not judge me. I'm drinking the claw, all right? I have a problem. Wow. So no one's – no. One, I thought we were excited for new Bobby Schmerder music. What happened to that? I thought we were – we're not excited. He was on, uh, on Dealer Samaro. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I, I don't even think that really did anything. I mean, it, it's a rap. Like, nobody cares. Nobody ever cared about Bobby Smart. <laughs> I've been saying this on Twitter for, for months, if not years. They were trying, trying to build him, put him up like on Pop Smoke. Like, he's supposed to be, he's supposed to fill that void, I guess. That's crazy when uh, RIP Dead Artist is putting out more music and getting more spins than somebody who's like alive. That everybody championed as this hero because he didn't snitch and he wasn't a rat, even though Takashi Six Nine is still doing more numbers on all platforms than he is, and yeah. might and might have better music while we're at it. If we're gonna be real, yeah, not Takashi gonna lie, Takashi got some beggars. Takashi got some heat. He got some heaters. And he got a problem with uh, my boy Fetty Wap this fire. I'm not. Oh god. Anyway, <laughs> I did go back and I did uh, listen to. Uh, I've been going back and kind of listening to Pop Smoke's music a little bit more lately. He's got some good songs. Like, the albums lately haven't been great. But if you take, like, you know, four or five songs off these albums, their songs are really good. And I, and I do find myself uh, going back to it. He does have a pretty uh, unique sound. And I think I'm kind of changing my – well, it's kind of too late at this point since he's not going to be dropping any more music, supposedly anymore like there there can't there can't be any more music he has like it can't be anymore if this has to be it but the stuff that i have listened to that i do like i'm i'm to the point where i'm willing to to give this man his own playlist because he's got some good stuff he's got some bangers so i'm not i'm not mad at him i'm not mad at i'm not i'm no longer upset about uh them propping up propping up pop smoke now i get it i'm starting to see it but that's that's something that i do because i know on twitter if someone if someone has a large following, they will tweet out that something is garbage and something is trash. 
after one listen at 12.05 in the morning on a Friday, and everybody will just run with it. And that'll just be the narrative of what that project or who that artist is. And no one will circle back around and listen to it. Like, people aren't going... People aren't talking about J. Cole no more. Like, we're not going back and re-listening to Conway. We're not re-listening to Benny. We're not re-listening to a lot of music that has come out. And we just stick with the opinion that we originally had. And it's just like, if you go back and listen to some of these albums and projects and songs, you're going to realize, like, yo, that shit was fire. Like, this was actually pretty good. I mean, that that is that is a thing, and we'll get to that in a second. Let's go back to Delta variant. Okay. <laughs> Have you seen the, the Lollapaloozas and the... Uh, what is it? What was the other big festival had? Rolling Loud. I know we talked about last week. You purchasing a bunch of uh, concert tickets. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Are you still willing to risk it all to go see some of these concerts? Uh, I mean, I did. I did get the uh, insurance for these tickets. So if if something does come up and I'm I don't feel like I should go, I'm not gonna go. But uh, I think. I think the the J. Cole concert is the big one for me. Like, that's going to be a big crowd. I know it's going to be sold out and there's going to be a lot of people. Um, That's going to be hard for me to not want to go to. So at this point, I'm just going to, I'm just going to have to wear my my mask. That's because the other concerts are, they're, they're more smaller artists. So they're not going to have such a big venue. Maybe not as many people, but uh, yeah, I'm just going to wear my mask to these concerts. Like it, because even though I am vaccinated, I, I, that's still a lot of people. Once, one space, and like uh, um, I keep my socks on. Said last night, it's a lot of people rapping to themselves and rapping out loud. A lot of spit flying and a lot of hot breath. So I'm just gonna. I'm just. I. I, I hope I'm not the only person in there with some kind of mask. Like that's that's my only hope. Like that would be kind of weird to be the only person masked up in the entire arena. And where am I seeing J. Cole at? Orlando. There are a couple people, but it's kind of like at that point, it's like, hey, man, you belong to the streets, man. Like, uh, sure. the virus is a thousand times more spreadable, and you're around a hundred thousand people. That masks good luck. <laughs> good Thanks. luck. Um, but yeah, no, I'm kind of I'm kind of laying low. Unless it's like an outside venue that I have the ability to be spread out from, I'm not. Re- I don't think I'm trying to do that. Yeah, I've only been to one outdoor venue. Uh, there's not. A, I don't feel like there's a lot of those. Maybe I just don't go to them. But I know there's one in Atlanta. There's an outdoor venue that I went and saw uh, TDE at. But everywhere else I've been to, it's all been indoors. Yeah. Speaking of COVID indoors, uh, the Olympics are wrapping up. But I do want to talk about. I'm sure we talked about it before, but just reiterate that you hobos out here sitting on your couches eating flaming hot Cheetos. Need to leave our queens like Simone Biles and Naomi Osaka, which I don't understand why people are addressing her. Like she doesn't even rep America, right? Like leave leave her be as well. But the people out here that are quote unquote disappointed Simone Biles for not risking her life to enter <laughs> literally for literally for free because she doesn't get paid by the Olympics. She gets paid from sponsors, right? Yeah. All the Olympics generate billions of dollars. Mike, please stop. Mike, I really want you to ask yourself, when's the last time in any aspect of your life have you given any type of gold, silver, even bronze medal effort at anything, right? Some of you people get the wrong order at Starbucks and your day is ruined and you can't, you know what I'm saying, shake the fries up well enough <laughs> and feed the masses. 
but you want this young queen to go do God knows what on a wooden beam or on like a mat to the point of perfection where if she can't do that to serve you, who's probably not even really watched the Olympics because nobody knows what time they come on, apparently. No idea. I haven't <laughs> watched a single second of the Olympics. That That's a problem. And it makes her a quitter and a loser. And she has that mental toughness. And, like, that's part of the game. Like, it's it's just very telling, this, the type of people that make these comments. And we all know who they are. It's the white folks. We're not, I'm, not even, I'm not even gonna beat around the bush. Like it's like a rallying point, a rallying cry to try to like knock her down a couple notches and question her mental toughness. You know what I'm saying? You're you're questioning her mental toughness at home tweeting this while she's at Tokyo being a world class athlete. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to think about that before you form your thumbs to tweet that. Like what are you like? What are we doing here? What are we? Yeah, doing? it's 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 pretty dumb. And the thing with Simone Biles is like she's she gave it a she gave it a shot. Like she tried. And uh apparently some of the things that she did, she didn't do to her standard. Like even though she didn't perform at her standard, she was still on track to get a gold medal per usual because that's what she does. But the thing with gymnastics, if you if you watch it, the things that they do is you know, she makes it look very easy, but like running at that speed, jumping that high, twisting the way she does, sometimes doing it on a balance beam that is like this wide. You know, it's not a big, super long balance I think it's four inches wide. Yeah, a four-inch beam doing all these things. If you're not mentally there, you can get you can get lost in the air. So you're doing so say you have to do a routine where you need to do four flips three rotations and a double under or whatever. And if you're not mentally there, you might not know which flip you're on. So you might think you did four flips, but maybe you did three. Maybe you did an extra flip. Maybe you've done your rotation wrong or you miscalculated, and now your neck is broken because mentally you weren't there. And it's something that's called twisties. And that's a legitimate thing that can happen to gymnasts where if they go out there and they try to do these things, but they're not mentally able to do it, they can become paralyzed. They can break their legs, tear their knees up, break their backs, do all kinds of things. So it's like, would you prefer Simone Biles to go out there and literally risk her life when she's mentally not there? Or just sit it out? And we still got gold in the all-around performances. We got silver in another event, which is just as fine. Like, silver is not anything to sneeze at you're the second best in the world like i'm not the second best in the world at anything like anything and i feel like i'm good at some things but i'm not second best in the world at anything so it's and like what are we really doing we're really i mean it's again i feel like we need to keep emphasizing we, we have to giving time and attention to the loud minority because it's just a bunch of cool a, lot of, a lot of but, attention i mean the olympics are really just fake bragging rights like it's not fake it is fake. It's, it's not, not like it's not like we gained. It, 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 we gained absolutely. Let's, let's not diminish. The gained, I'm not diminishing what they're doing because they're great. I'm talking about from the people from the outside. Okay. Like, yeah. We don't care. We, we won 30 medals. We beat Iran in basketball. Who cares? Like it's not like it's the Hunger Games. We get like an extra beer or extra loaf <laughs> because we got extra medals. I wish it was actually. I'm making it a lot better. It, like it, yes, yeah, it makes it more interesting. It's kind of like definitely you're really showing your true colors to people around you by the things that you say, particularly about certain people you say. And this isn't Olympic related, sports related, as far as keeping that same energy. But 
there's a male tennis player that had like a tirade in the court. It might have been at the Olympics. But anyways, some white dude, he smashed his racket and started ranting and stuff like that. And a lot of people were questioning if he was going to get the Serena Williams treatment where they made a caricature of her, a very racist caricature of her, getting upset and saying she was pouting because she lost. And we're wondering if he's going to get that same treatment because they were quick to, you know what I'm saying, knock a black woman down. One of the great, one of the greatest athletes of all time. Yes. But a white man has the privilege where he can be like, oh, I can throw a tantrum and nothing happens to me. So Benefit it's kind of the same thing. Like a lot of people tell telling themselves and a lot of these situations, it's very tiring. I, I will say this, and I do agree with the whole like we can't we can't give the the vocal minority that much attention, like Pierce Morgan's and the Clay Travis's. Like at some point you gotta ignore those people because they're just going to say things that are based on racism, sexism. And they're ill-informed on what they're saying. But on the flip side, if the Olympics was like Hunger Games, I would probably send off a few tweets about some mobiles talking about, hey, dog, I'm not trying to go out and go out here and die in the Hunger Games. I need to go out there and try at least. And and there, I saw a couple people saying that uh, you know, Simone Biles is mentally weak, and you know, Naomi Osaka is weak mentally, she doesn't have the mamba mentality and things like that. Michael Jordan, the the biggest and greatest competitor slash winner ever said that he doesn't think that he would survive in the social media era. Like he came up in a game where there wasn't Twitter, there wasn't bloggers, there wasn't podcasters, there wasn't a million people that could voice their opinion to you. So he didn't have to deal with a lot of that stuff. He had his privacy. Everybody wasn't a, uh, everybody wasn't paparazzi. You know what I'm saying? And Michael Jordan dealt with pressure. Like Kobe Bryant deals with pressure. LeBron James deals with pressure. Simone Biles deals with a different type of pressure where it's just like she is expected to go out there and be the greatest ever because she already is that. But every time she performs, it's you have to be the best we've ever seen. You, She's doing moves and routines that no one has ever seen before that they don't even know how to judge because it's just like no one else can do these things. So I understand that there's a lot of pressure on her, you know, and a lot of people don't get that, like. It's just her. She could, she doesn't have a Scottie Pippen. She doesn't have a Shaq or a Dwayne Wade or anybody like that to to relieve, relieve some of that pressure that she's she's dealing with. And Michael Jordan literally quit basketball because of the pressure. He literally quit and played baseball in a small town in Alabama so he can get away from um, the pressure of Chicago. And maybe, yeah, it might have been the Low Sharks too. Maybe it maybe gameplay problems, but either way, <laughs> that had the pressure had something to do with it. But either way. It's a thing where people look at these, you know, these new age athletes that uh, that look at social media. Like you look at Paul George and just like, well, Paul George is mentally soft. He doesn't he can't deal with a few, you know, mean tweets out here. Just go out there and play basketball. And it's like it's a different era. It's a different time. I as someone that has grown up with, like I I'm not young enough to where I've never had social media. So I do remember life without it. But I've lived life with social media, so I've lived more of my life with social media than without it. So I understand how tough it can be to deal with a regular day-to-day life and balance social media. And now imagine that you're going to the Olympics, and now everybody's saying like, "Hey, you're the greatest. You're the greatest. You need to do. You need to be the best. You have to do all this." It's a lot of it's a lot of pressure to deal with. It's just added more added pressure onto to these athletes, and we have to. We do have to be more empathetic and we have to be more sensitive to these times. And I feel like 
the only people that are being like jerks to these athletes are like the old people, like super old white guys are the only ones that tend to be mean about these things. Uh, millennials and Gen Z, I believe that's behind us, a little bit more understanding. And I think that's that counts as progress in some 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 way. Yeah, like uh, Marshawn Lynch said, protect your chickens. <laughs> but the, I don't think I think Michael Jordan mentally could have handled like social media. I don't think physically he could have because he literally he probably would have told everybody who talked crazy to him to drop the location and took a private jet to wherever they're at and bust their ass in basketball. So he would have been tired all the time from just playing pickup games at all times because like yo, I can pull up. I have the resources to go show you what she was talking about on Twitter real quick. We'll or, give you buckets or just like. People catching him at three in the morning walking out of a casino with those yellow reddish eyes of his after, you know, uh, before the finals and things like that. And it's it's different with basketball because the games start at night. So, like, the whole idea of, like, oh, James Harden was out until four o'clock in the morning. Like, shoot around doesn't start till, like, two. So, he'll be fine. (laughs) Like, that's not a big deal for them. But it is a lot to deal with when a picture of you coming out of a bar at five in the morning during the playoffs now becomes fodder for the skip Baylesses and the Stephen a smiths and now it's a talking point and now it's something you have to answer from the media now it's something you got to deal with on social media now it's just a thing that's being talked about now your teammates are being asked about it. it's like he, he didn't have to deal with that he didn't have to deal with that and, that and i think that makes it a little bit easier and i think it's yeah i think he's being honest like jordan was out here wilding let's just be honest jordan was out here wilding and i'm pretty sure he wasn't the most faithful husband out here so imagine those tweets and those stories. Imagine Bossip or the Shade Room dealing the stories with uh, surrounding Michael Jordan and all those things. <laughs> the COVID game. Hey, if COVID, if COVID game, Jordan would have been crazy. <laughs> they shut the block down. I have not heard Jordan's a month, but I'd have bought some COVID game Jordan. <laughs> like, no cap. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's stop. Let's stop. Uh, we can't we can't talk out of both sides of our mouths, man. Like we say we care about mental health, and then when someone actually is like, hey, my mental health is fucked up, and we're like, oh, you're a loser. <laughs> you can't be both. Hold on. Let me see. Uh, yeah, but yeah, just just stop. Sounds all like jealousy. You, all, all of you are peasants. Y'all can't even do like a cartwheel, so let, let the young woman let the young woman live her life. So, anywho, uh, one person that was not allowed to live their life that I found out about like after the fact um, is Shakari Richardson. So, oh, the big thing about Shakari Richardson is one week um, everybody loved her because she was the story. Of course, the media needed their uh, to win the poverty Olympics with her story about her. You know her mother and all that stuff. Um, channeling Flojo had the nails, the quote unquote attitude, the look, all, whatever. They was ready to make her the the star of the Olympics, and then she got on that pack, and she couldn't go to the Olympics. And then she had a tweet, I believe it was the day of the hundred meter, where Jamaica got first, second, and third place. That is crazy. Right? <laughs> that is insane. And the message that she put was kind of, I think she put like, do y'all miss me, right? No, she didn't. And, and boy, did the, boy, did Jamaican no, player pack her ass up. Oh my Something God. Something ferocious. 
I saw this was just a hundred meter. Yeah, they got first. Like they, the times that the like I think the second and third place person would get, I think were beating her time. Like Did the she winner, tweeted that out. Yeah, the winner ran a ten six. Shikari ran a ten seven two as her I think her best time that I saw. I know Shikari. But why would you do that? Somebody, somebody, I saw one that said Shikari smoked then, so she won't get smoked now. Like those are the kind of <laughs> things that are going on. So why it, would she tweet that? That's not no. Well, because she feels she still could have won, but it's kind of like time and place. Uh, like you miss me, really? Oh, <laughs> I mean, Jamaica's a tough out in in events that involve sprinting in general. And bobsledding. Well, I think that movie was terrible, but <laughs> like in general, it's not it's not an easy feat if that makes sense. Well, I don't even think she was a confident, favorite. confident or not. Well, she was a favorite because they wanted to make her story. It, it no, wasn't it was a favorite a... for any for any other reason. Like what I was talking about, they they championed the whole Flojo thing. Um, the one lady, Elaine Thomas Hurrah, who won the hundred meter, she ran ten six one. Um, they said she broke Flojo's record, and I haven't heard anybody talk about that. Not a we don't person. care about the winners in America. You're expected I mean, to win here. I mean, I, yeah. I, the, like team, the the women's team USA team, they have won over 50 games straight, and you'll never hear anything about it because fuck it, you're supposed to win. You only hear about it when we lose. Like we get silver, and like it's a we have a fucking heart attack. But like the women's in or women's Olympic basketball team is on like a 50 game winning streak, and no one cares because we're expected to win. Yeah. I don't know why any why does anybody. Who gets paid? Like, if you're, if I'm Kevin Durant or if I'm a professional player that can get money doing what I do, not doing it at the Olympics, I'm not going to the Olympics for what? Especially for that hassle. It's not like it's a fun Olympics. Maybe if it was like, shit. Like, if they had the Olympics in Miami, maybe I'd go to that one. And maybe if it was not a global pandemic going on, I would play. Like, you know, if they had the Olympics in Los Angeles, yeah, sure, I'll go to that one. And you know what? Maybe, you know, it's in Tokyo. You know, if I can get a free trip out of it, maybe. But if I'm, you know, Jason Tatum, I can afford to go to Tokyo on my own. Like, I don't need the Olympics to pay for this. No one's going to care unless I lose. No one, like, if Team USA, the men's basketball team, would have just ran through all those teams like we expected them to, no one would give them props. No one would congratulate them. No one would be celebrating them because we don't celebrate the women. So why would we sell? We don't celebrate anybody for winning ever. Yeah. So, uh, shit. The second and third place winners of the women's hundred ran slightly slower than Shakari Richardson. They ran a ten seven four and a ten seven six. She ran a ten seven one, and then Elaine Thomas Hurrah. She ran a ten six. So, yeah, she. I don't know. Maybe adrenaline, but I, I, I think that was still a hard out for her. But I mean, again, she's got time to come back. But I mean, so do these young women as well. So she's twenty-one, so she'll be, she'll definitely be still good enough to run in the next Olympics. But you miss me? Is that's just not that's can't do that. You got to know better than that. Like I said, Thomas Hurrah set a new Olympic world record. So like your teammates are watching. Yeah, that. Your, yeah, your, your, yeah. Te- your teammates was out there running, getting smoked. You know what I'm saying? And you're out here talking about you miss me. Not, no, dog, you let us down. 
I'm talking about as if as if I'm her teammates. Her teammates are like, hey, you let us down. You know what I'm saying? And we're out here doing our best, and you're making it about yourself at home because you decided to break the rules. Like, get over yourself. Yeah, that's what <laughs> kind of her head kind of got gassed, though. She thinks it's, yeah. And she, you know, you get one Beats by Drake commercial, and now you think you're hot shit. Like, you're still hot shit, but let's tone it down a little bit, Shikari. Like, people, niggas will turn on you if you keep doing this. Like, yeah. niggas will turn on you. They'll throw a they'll throw a single Adidas at you. Yes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's dumb, man. I hate this guy. I hate him. <laughs> so dumb, man. Well, we'll get to that here soon. Uh that's let's talk Eric's, about that's Eric's guy. That's his boy. Well, that Eric. That's his boy. We needed to dedicate a whole podcast to ESPN, Eric. Uh, because he has a lot of interesting takes. But speaking of ESPN and, and bad takes and just things that they do, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. Right? Oh yes, God, the goat, legend. He is he is a legend. Goat status. He's a legend and he's a goat. Mount but Rushmore. he is now he is now the goat diva. Hey. And I need ESPN and all their commentators refer to him as that from here on out for the rest of the season. They won't, but it is what it is. Let let a receiver. Do anything similar. Let any player do something like that, especially the black ones. And it's like, oh, he's not a team guy. He's a diva. He doesn't care about anybody himself. He's a prima donna. Even though, like I said, these athletes are also the greatest athletes in the world, but they're divas. But Aaron Rodgers can literally set set fire to the Green Bay Packers front office and then show up like it's all good. Now I understand he can do that because of his greatness, right? But from a optics perspective, they need to keep the same energy and flame him all season. Like, nah, you said you want to play. Don't come to work. You said it's not about the money. You got the bag. Stay home. Nah, you're going to show up, though. And it's just like nothing happened. Nah, pack his ass up. I want to hear <laughs> Diva every week. Call him a Diva. Every time he throws a pick or a bad play, call him a Diva. I need to hear that from the ESPN commentators. I respect what Aaron Rodgers said. I wish more players would say it. I think more players what he said it was his actions. Because again, I respect his actions. I respect his actions too. I respect all of it. I respect everything that he did. I stand with everything that Aaron Rodgers did, and I think more players should do that. Like what he did is what NBA players pretty much are doing, where they're just like, "Hey, dog, I ain't showing up to practice. Like I'm the man around here. I ain't showing up for practice. I ain't going through shoot around." Like, do this, make this roster, build this roster around me because I'm the star. And if y'all don't, then I'm just going to leave or I'm going to make shit hell for y'all. And it's harder for football players because it's 11 guys on, on the field. You know what I'm saying? Like, even 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 Aaron Rodgers, he's the best quarterback, like probably the third best quarterback ever. And you can put him wherever you want to. But no matter how well he plays, he can't play defense. As opposed to like, you know, Michael Jordan, he can play both sides of the ball. Same with like LeBron and whoever. So I, I just like that he was just out there talking his shit. He was like, hey man, ain't no one coming out to Green Bay, Wisconsin, but to see me. You know what I'm saying? Don't no one give okay, a fuck about them. Cool, ain't no one, don't, no one cares about the cheeseheads. No he one cares about those cheeseheads. No one cares about Wisconsin. No one cares about Lambeau Field. They out here to see me. They ain't come out here to see you, Otis. They came here to see me. I'm the I'm the headliner. I'm the reason that our games are on prime time. I'm the reason why we get Monday night football games in this dumbass stadium, in this cold-ass city, where ain't shit else. If a player signs here in, in Green Bay, it's because of me. 
It ain't because of the GM. It ain't because of the running back. It ain't because of the receiver. It ain't because of no coaches or the scenery. Ain't shit to do out here but play with me. And if y'all want to win, y'all need to help me help you because I've been here long enough to know what it takes to win. And everybody around me has been incompetent this whole time. Like you, I don't, I don't think y'all really paid Again, attention to what you Mike McCarthy was out here doing. To bring your ass to work and shut up and throw the ball just like the rest of these people. You were pretty much told that you were no special, no more special than anybody, n- none of these other people on the roster. Like, all right, cool. You talk that cash shit, bet. Go ahead and put this practice jersey on and throw these passes. Coon. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> that's cool. Like, you but said, he, but he's stuff. still, but he's still, he's still, he's at practice. Like, you're still here after you talked all that crazy of, shit. You might as well just, hey, shut up and play. Shut up and dribble. He, he that's what they up. told him. I feel like he should have done this years ago, honestly. Like, he he probably waited a little too long, but I think he's setting a precedent precedence for other players. Like, so say you know Patrick Mahomes in three years, if the Chiefs start doing things that he doesn't like, if they're just like, hey, you know what, Travis Kelsey, we're just gonna trade you for a third round pick, or you know Tyreek Hill, we're just gonna waive you, we're not gonna treat you with the type of respect that you deserve. Pat- Patrick Mahomes is gonna be. He's going to feel more empowered to speak up earlier. He's not going to wait till years 14, 15 to speak up about the things that he wants because he's a Super Bowl MVP. He's a regular MB, regular season MVP. He's arguably the best quarterback in the NFL right now. He's someone that should – his opinion should be respected by the front office, by the organization, and by everybody in that building because of what he does and what he brings to that team and to that city for that much. So – yeah, Aaron Rodgers did show up to work. He still went back to practice. He's still doing the things that, you know, a, a player, like a, a, a run-of-the-mill player should do. But say, like, Lamar Jackson's contract is coming up. If Lamar Jackson signs that deal and all of a sudden they start acting funny and they start being stupid with some of the players and not they're not asking his input on receivers and running backs and offensive linemen, Lamar Jackson's going to be like, yo, Aaron Rodgers spoke up. I'm an MVP too. I'm the best player on this damn team. Players are coming here to play with me. No, I'm going to speak up. Y'all ain't going to just do this. Y'all ain't going to waste my time. I'm not going to be one of these players that just has their time wasted this whole time. Like Aaron Rodgers, is, he's, he's, he's a, he is a leader in this area because you can't point to another quarterback that has done this. You can't even really point to another player that has done this in the NFL where it's, you know, be in line, be a soldier, follow the rules, you know, do whatever. Now players are going to look at Aaron Rodgers and like, hey, I'm the Aaron Rodgers of this team. If Matt Ryan's like, if Matt Ryan had an issue with Julio leaving, maybe next time he'll speak up on stuff like that. Or another quarterback who's like, hey, I want you guys to take to at least come to me about this stuff. Talk to me. Don't just do stuff without me knowing about it. And I think that's fair. Like Aaron Rodgers said, players ain't coming to Green Bay to chill out. They're coming there to play with him. First of all, I'm not trusting nothing Patrick Mahomes has to say because he puts steak on his ketchup, so, or ketchup on his steak. So, and his full, and his fullback is an idiot. He might be a racist. So, <laughs> well, that's his white side coming out. And his mom might be. She might have been at the interaction. <laughs> hey, look, it's Mister Mister Savage has joined the, the podcast. What is what is the thing? Everything is good. I also feel as though uh, Aaron Rodgers and his actions 
are going to definitely uh, empower the players as far as the play from a player movement perspective. So it's really good. Hold your team accountable. At the end of the day, why would you draft Jordan Love, a guy that's not getting any play time at all? You haven't given me a freaking star receiver at all. You can't even trade for him. Uh, a star receiver. So uh, I only have a little bit of time here. You know, as you can see, I got my turban on. Uh, we're getting our praise on, but uh, glad to see everybody. Fuck Aaron Rodgers. Um, <laughs> real quick, while you're here, what do you what do you think about the uh, the elite pass that uh, Trevor Lawrence threw to Tim Tebow in practice? Okay, yeah, definitely. What do you think about Tebow's uh, footwork? Fuck Breezy nine hundred four. I definitely think. Hashtag tighten up. We have some really good things in store, and I am so happy. Like, this is a, as happy as I've ever been in my life. As a former Florida Gator fan, uh, as a current Jacksonville Jaguar fan, like, just what can you say, man? It's new excitement around the city. Uh, we got great things happening. Uh, the boy's playing his ass off so far. I know we're in the underwear Olympics, but uh, it feels good. Like, um, I was watching some of the passes. And I was like, wow, man, this dude, he has the best arm that we've ever had, like, just period, already. So, well, it behind, behind Tebow, behind Tebow. Like, Tebow gets a uh, shot. Tebow's a not a quarterback, but okay. Not yet. Hey, great job for Tebow, man. You know, he's showing people that if you put no, forth a little bit, of, if you put forth no, the work no, and the no. effort and you get an opportunity, take full advantage of it. I stand. I stand by my original take. Tim Tebow is not making that team. He will not make He's that making roster. The team. He I will not make team. that roster. Fuck Tebow. They say he hasn't dropped a single pass as of yet. That's great. Yeah. He hasn't been covered by a single NFL caliber player that's not on his team. But in pads. Yeah, in pads. Now he uh, people get the, the Tebow thing is all for likes and engagement. Somebody's like, "Oh, Tebow looks so jacked." I'm like, "Dog, Tebow's a professional athlete." Literally every professional athlete looks Jack. Please, please stop. Please stop with the madness. But I'm excited. We played the Jaguars this year. I'm excited to see Trevor Lawrence play. I'm probably more excited to see Trevor Lawrence play than my team, which is very sad. But yeah, I heard already um, that Matt Ryan has been uh, working on his speed, doing speed drills. So Look, man, somebody that has to be very exciting. Somebody posted a video of Matt Ryan throwing a duck to Kyle Pitts and all hell broke loose. <laughs> oh, yeah. he's, like, he's throwing like two picks in practice. Like, oh, here we go. Already. <laughs> we should have drafted Justin Fields. It is training. It's training camp. I mean, everybody should have, but that's another conversation of the day. I'm just saying, like, it's training camp. People, like, this dude probably threw 500 passes in practice, and you're just going to show the picture of the duck. Like, come on. Like, stop. Relax. Engagement, it's man. It's all about engagement. <laughs> they know that <laughs> them, them posting the video of Matt Ryan throwing a touchdown to Kyle Pitts is not going to get the type of engagement that him throwing an interception gets. Like, Who's a fan, though? Like, the fans are doing this. Well, the, the fans are negative. They, they're just they're negative by nature. They just have, like, they're just black hearted. I don't know what the problem is. So, okay, like, you, well, you live in Atlanta. <laughs> have fun. Yeah. yeah Atlanta's a fun city, guys. Ass. Uh, allegedly, uh, why, why are you here, Mr. Savage? Uh, Mr. ESPN Eric, uh, shout out to Eric Robinson. Um, he, I guess, he was inspired by the, by the King Richard trailer, which may or may not have had a- average at best acting in it. Um, <laughs> let me pull up this tweet so I can get 
I don't want to misquote our, our black king, but um, if you haven't seen, Will Smith is going to be starring in a movie called King Richard. It's about uh, Serena Williams and Venus Williams' father, Richard Williams. Great getting Richard them, Williams, yeah. Yeah, getting them ready to be Legend. the legends that they are today. And Mr. Robinson, ESPN Eric, he tweeted out, and let's see how bad he got packed up. He got two retweets, 12 quote tweets, so yes. we know what it was. Nice. He said, and I quote, it's okay to call Will Smith the greatest actor of all time. It's not. Let's see what some of the quotes said. Let's it's see not. Here's some of the quotes. Proof positive that having terrible takes is a side effect of working at Rachel, Network, Rachel Nichols Sports Network. Um, somebody said, what Will Smith? Um, I said, LOL. Um, somebody had a bunch of question marks. Uh, some people agree, which is, I don't understand. Some people are doubling down agreeing. And then he retweeted himself and said, I love how most assume I believe he is the greatest. Let me break it down more, I guess. If you feel, and this is where he doubles down and it gets bad. You got to. This, got is, where to. Got really, to. this is where it gets really bad. If you feel he's the greatest, an argument can be made. Okay. Same for Denzel, no. De Niro, Stop it. Brando, Stop it. Nicholson, Stop Freeman, it. and Pacino. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. So my reply to that tweet, I said LOL, and then he sent me that screenshot. And da, 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 shit, I can't find my tweet no more. Oh, Is I said it? an argument. I said an argument can be made, just a very, very, all caps, very bad one. And the homie, shout out to Aaron Freeman, shout out to Falcon fans, listen to Lockdown Falcons. He said, and I think he's being facetious here, as a senior in college, I wrote a 19-page paper on Will Smith's movie career up to that point. So as a leading Smith Smithian scholar, I can say it is an awful argument. And Aaron has a check mark, so it's true. Like, it's law. It's, it's done. That conversation is over. Verified Twitter has spoken. Verified Twitter has spoken. It's a wrap. But no, Doug, how dare you... <laughs> Put Will Smith in the same category is like what movie has Will Smith been in that is is comparable to Al Pacino? Give me one. Give me a scene. Allie. I am legend. I would I would, I would go with Ali, but stop it. The best Compared part about to... Ali was Jamie Foxx. That's the only part of that well, movie. And, yeah, I, I think that's just the thing that happens once you start working for ESPN because like. You, I think it's part of the contract that like every week or every month, every quarter or whatever, you have to put out an inflammatory take to gain engagement because Stephen A. Smith has Black Widow as a top five MCU movie ever. And I'm like, yeah, come on, Stephen, like, what are you doing? Yeah, he's... <laughs> we know what you're doing. We can see through it. You didn't tweet that. You don't believe that. ESPN was like, hey. You don't we're ran that. by Di- we're ran by Disney. You know Black what? Widow just came out. We need to get these numbers up. This, Tell this them that my, it's a top five movie. This is my thing. You guys have watched a lot of Will Smith movies in your life, I'm sure. Oh, Let I me see. ask y'all this: Were y'all not entertained? Yes. Were you not entertained? I went the to the. Question. I went to theaters and saw Bad Boys Three. Like well, I love Will Smith. Entertainment and greatness are two different things. It's greatness too. There was a squirt off yeah. online the other Have day. You seen the 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 I can't keep missing these squirt offs. I need to get back on there. Well, I'm, I'm, we, I'm surprised we didn't talk about that, but not, not again, like again, well, numbers doesn't mean you're you're good at what you're like again. 
there's no movie that Will Smith has been in that is comparable to a to, like you're saying that you're not only saying that he's on these guys' levels, but he's put out products as good. Give me one product that Will Smith put out that is comparable to Denzel Washington. You can't do it. Concussion, Concussion was a great movie. Don't lie. You're lying now. Concussion is a great movie, just a bad accent. He can't do accents. Oh, that, well, that matters. matters. Job. That matters. He, he can't do an accent. So why is he trying to hire Bruh. him? Hire Bruh. someone else. I, I you get all the money Twitter. you get, I guess. I said this on Twitter as well. Denzel didn't even attempt a California accent in training day. Because he's just that California, good. California, African, we know how the Nigerians are. Come it, on. Here we go with the Nigerian thing again. I don't shout out my Nigerian kings and queen, but again, like, no, dog, like, it's not good. Let's see, concussion. Let's see what Ryan Tomatoes said about concussion. Okay, Ryan Tomatoes is not the end all be all. I don't care. care. They're going to definitely proceed them because that accent is terrible. Now, the audience gave it a 74%. Even the freaking with the Richard Williams movie, like, Richard Williams is from Alabama. Why do you sound like you're from Africa? Like, what is going on? See, that, like that's my thing. Maybe I just don't know what this man sounds like. I don't know what Richard Williams sounds like. So when I hear Will Smith talking like that, I'm like, why is he talking like that? Is this how his yeah, name really know, he's talks? from Alabama. He doesn't sound like that. Because that just sounds crazy. I'm like, yo, why is Will talking like a slave right now? Like, let's change it up a little bit here. Uh, again, man. Like, okay, let's let's go down the line. Let's let's keep this let's keep this ball rolling. I, uh, and, what and product has he put out that's good as Robert as anything Robert De Niro's put out? For the, for the record, of State I, was also a great movie. I also went to theaters and saw Gemini Man. So, like, I love Will Smith movies. I will go that see his movies. Cool. That movie wasn't it. Well, it was oh, bad, but it wasn't bad because it was Smith. on the TV the other day. It was. It seemed interesting. It seemed as bad as people made it up. Yeah, not, I it, didn't like watching. Watch but, but that's that's nice. that's the thing. That's the thing with like Rotten Tomatoes and going off of Twitter. Like people just assume like, oh well, this person has ten thousand followers, and he said Will Smith is trash in this movie, so I'm not gonna go see it. People aren't thinking for themselves really anymore when it comes to entertainment. They just like. You know, if you have 15,000, 20,000 followers and you say this movie's trash, a lot of people aren't going to go see it. And I saw oh. Gemini Man. It's not bad. It's not yeah, perfect. It's not Will Smith in the Jesus movie. I didn't Christ. like the, the plot of the movie. And to me, with the Richard Williams or King Richard uh, movie, I felt like Eddie Murphy probably did a better job in that role. Uh, he has the matching skin tone. He could do different voiceover work. And he's a better actor than Will Smith. So I I, I'm still scrolling through Rotten Tomatoes. Would anybody like to take a guess what After Earth got on Rotten Tomatoes? It's probably a 13. I haven't seen After Earth. I, that's it, that's it a movie that social media has just turned me off to. Like I'll be a shit. I, on I almost want to watch it to see if it's this bad. It's only an hour and 39 minutes, so I, I'm curious. Really? I, I might watch this. We might we might just no. put this on the list. Talk about the podcast. <laughs> It got an 11 percent on Rotten. I told you, I know it's 13 or 11. Jesus, out of 100. It got a 36% audience score Ooh. out of 100,000 plus ratings. So that movie had to be etched. It, it was very bad. It, okay. it was probably top 10 worst films I've ever seen in my life. It it, and, that, and that kind of leaves the world like, dude, you can't be throwing his name out here with the likes of Al Pacino. And, okay, but for the record, you put out 11%. To, movies, to, be, to, be, to be fair to Will Smith when we're talking like comparing him to all time greats, Robert De Niro's got some ass cheeks out here as far as movies goes like he's he's put out some pretty but 
He's also been acting for like 80 years, but he's yeah. got some ass out here. Like if you, I'm sure if we look through his filmography, we could find some movies that are just like, oh. Yeah, but, he's put a, he, but he has Oscar winning performances too. He, he also has, he also has Godfather 2. He also has Heat. You know, he has. Uh, he, wasn't, he wasn't horrible. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Like you have Godfather 2, which is arguably one of the greatest films ever. Heat is one of the greatest, you know, action movies ever. So it's like, yeah, it. it his top end stuff, you know, Taxi Driver, well, even that his nature stuff like the Meet the Parents and stuff like that. That shit was that, that has like iconic lines. You know what I'm saying? No, yeah, I think Bill are more than him, but yeah, I, 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 I mean, just like, don't. The highs for Will Smith, Smith are not that high. Will Smith, he's had at the beginning of his career, he had a run where he was doing a lot of great work, and you can say, hey, he's a he was he was box office, he was money. Uh, probably, I always tell people to me, The Rock kind of stole the lane that Will Smith probably should be in. Um, as more of like the big time, kind of quasi funny action star, but he's not physical enough. But it just felt like after a while, you get in one bad movie, then you go to another bad movie, then you start just getting into that role of just movies that just aren't doing good. But I respect his career overall. I mean, he he, ha- he he's he's a decent actor. He's not as bad, and he's a decent rapper too. Like, I actually oh, we're not I bring, bring the rap into this. No, wait, wait, wait. I was on TikTok as a storyteller with no cursing. Will Smith does his thing. Like, he's not that bad. I just think that people he's an easy punchline for people, so they attack him. Man, he has look. I am legend. Independence Day. Uh, uh, Independence movie. Day is not a good movie. It's a that movie was movie. good during the time. Independence Day is good. It's not good for the reasons that we're saying he's a good actor. Like it, you literally could plug and play anybody in those type of movies. It's a blockbuster well, film. It's for the and to King Quest. I remember that movie where he did dress up as a woman. That was early on in his career. Well, um, so I don't Will, for Will Smith. If you start from like. The Fresh Prince of Bel Air, which was like what when where, he, where he like peaked that? as an actor, let's, let's like so, at some time in the in the late nineties, and then once he got into movies, he didn't make a bad movie until like two thousand two thousand what thirteen. Whenever whenever Men in Black three came out, like Will Smith had a great like I'm I'm never gonna shit on Will Smith's career like as a career, there's very few careers I would rather have. Than Will Smith's when you talk about money, uh, box office, the types of movies that he did, re rewatchability, he's very good at that. So I'm not gonna sit here and act like Will Smith is, you know, fucking uh, who's a bad actor? I, uh, the fucking guy from State Farm, I guess he's not a great actor, but you know, he's not on Will Smith's level, you know. But I'm not gonna sit here and act like because he has all those numbers and has all those accolades that he's a better actor than like Don Cheadle, who doesn't have that level of acclaim and fame. He's not a better actor than Jamie Foxx. He's not a better actor than Viola Davis. He's not a better actor than Denzel Washington. Lorenz Tate. Or Lorenz Tate. Or Tarashi P. Henson. <laughs> like, he's in the... Is he better than Terrence Howard? Like, I'm not saying he is, but it's a question. You know Terrence Howard like, is very one-dimensional, too. But, yeah. Okay, man, you ain't got to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, with my was a good movie. That man that that was a really good movie. That man put his soul to whoop that trick. Like he really, he was really feeling himself. Like he was in it. Like that was that. That was a level of passion that I I can't see from Will Smith outside of like the fake, 
the fake emotion tear type stuff that he does. So yeah. And nobody, like every... and nobody mentioned the one movie they always throw out there when we were talking about Will Smith, uh, The Pursuit of Happiness, which I watched it's one time, and it was over, it was overrated. It's just Will Smith with a bad mustache and a bad afro. Like, get that shit out of here. I just feel like every every movie Will Smith has done, Jamie Foxx could have done. And every movie Jamie Foxx has done, Will Smith could not have done. Like, that's where it stands at, you know what I'm saying? I mean, the only thing Jamie Foxx really hangs his hat on is, is Ray. Outside of that, I think they could be entertaining. Collateral. Collateral. Collateral was okay, but Will Smith could have did that. What's the wrong time he did? Ah, shit. I think he... You can swap either or out for all of the movies. I, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, front. Will Smith is not... It, he's not as good of anything as Jamie Foxx is. And he is... Quite a few things. Like I said, to me, Eddie Murphy is a better law abiding citizen. Like, what do you what do you, what do you need? What I mean, those are good need? movies, but I feel like Will Smith could do those parts too. Damn. Not at that level. Jamie Foxx gonna play Spawn? Hmm. Is he? Uh, oh, uh, like is Will, IMDB. Will Smith isn't better than Mahershal Ali as an actor. Like Mahershal Ali has the swag and the confidence to play. You know, Mike Larry in a movie in a Bad Boys Three, but I don't know if Will Smith is playing the dude from Moonlight, like the guy like that. I said, to me, the, the best comp for Will Smith really is The Rock. I don't think The Rock is the greatest actor. I think that he's really good in that comedic action type of deal. He does other films that aren't good, and he normally needs like a teammate to get him through. I feel like him and Will Smith are on the same parallel. And because The Rock has so many big time movies, he'll go down as one of the greatest actors of all time. I think Dave Batista is a better actor than The Rock. The best, the best comp for Will Smith is Mark Wahlberg. Those two are the same guys in every movie. Mark Wahlberg is definitely a little bit better than Will Smith. But they play the same guy. They just play Mark Wahlberg plays a Boston guy with an attitude in every movie. Will Smith plays Will Smith with a terrible accent in some movies, but he's mostly bad just costumes, bad scripts, bad plots. Okay, that's not his fault though. That's that is his fault. He signed up for it. <laughs> you signed I'm up. Sure, I'm sure he has to sign up like Okay, so I, I just have one more question because I know like, we probably need to wrap it up. If Will Smith took that up. Matrix role. Would you think differently of him long term? Because that would have been a huge movie for him. Did I don't know if it would be the same, but Keanu Reeves is not a good actor. No, no. Okay, that's, what? That's, that's, he's not. He's a good actor. Right. Oh, yeah. The Matrix turns into a PG thirteen comedy movie. Well, him. the thing, the thing is, if if you if they, I think I read this, if they would have hired Will Smith to play Neo in the Matrix, then they wouldn't have had Lawrence Fishburne because they couldn't have two black dudes as a, as those characters. So you have to put someone else in as uh, Morpheus. So older, you know, kind of older white guy at the time. Like, I don't know who they would have picked, but yeah, I feel like the, the entire movie, the dynamic of the movie changes. Like Keanu Reeves was, he was a pretty big, was he a big star? He wasn't a big star before The Matrix, was he? Uh, I mean, he had speed, so. right? I mean that was a good action movie, but it, like The Matrix was a big, big deal. Like Will yeah, Smith, he didn't everything that big. Like Will Smith was like the man before that time. Like he was a headliner, box office guy. So if he comes into The Matrix and he doesn't like something about the script or the story, he has the power and the clout, kind of like Aaron Rodgers, to kind of go in there and change some things. So maybe the movie isn't exactly the same if it's Will Smith 
uh, doing it. And that makes the movie a little bit different, maybe better or worse. I don't know. I just know that we're not going to put we're not going to put Will Smith on the Mount Rushmore of black actors. I know that. Especially if we're including women in there, like he's he might not be in the. the uh, well, I'm not on Twitter, so no one could flame me for this. So he might not even be in the top ten. So whatever. That's not bad. That's not a hot take. It's not, it's not a hot take. Um. Oh. Okay. Uh. All right. Here she is. <laughs> what is that? Oh. <laughs> All righty. So you've you've come just in time. Shout out to Rev for joining the illustrious podcast. Um, <clears throat> real quick, uh, how would you rate Will Smith as an actor from one to ten? Um, his so his acting ability, I'd rate at probably about a maybe seven or eight. Let's go seven. Um, Average, but like, par. The movies that he chooses, um, I'd rate like like. Fair enough. So what, what we want to do now before you guys in the sports, because I've, 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 you know, passed my limits. I smell some food cooking. Um, let's talk about your favorite rapper real quick. Uh, uh, Mr. D.A. Baby. Get out of here. Let's talk about your mans. That's Eric's mans through ESPN Eric. That's his man. Yeah. Uh, they need to they need to send him the email like, hey, bro, you can't be endorsed. Yeah, this yeah, I, I actually before before you get started, I, I randomly tweeted a couple of weeks ago if the baby was a top fifty rapper, and someone responded to me and said no, and I was like, all right, so name fifty rappers better than the baby, and this person listed fifty legitimate rappers <laughs> rappers better than the baby. And I went through and looked at the names. I was like, yeah, you're right. There are he is not a top fifty rapper ever. I was like, good god. Okay, it was ever. Okay, okay, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, top fifty ever, and I was like, he he legitimately listed. I think he I think he went up to sixty, and it was just like, and there was no like debates on who he named. I was like, wow, the baby is not better than these people. He's ready to let that clip off. <laughs> he was ready. I was like, oh shit! I had, like, to, follow I to, <laughs> I had to follow that man immediately. I, I, I maybe I screenshotted it. I don't. Oh, I probably didn't screenshot all of them, but Jesus, man, that man came ready to flame the baby. <laughs> So can somebody give the people, uh, some of the people that are in the uh, the hip hop community, uh, an update on what's going on with the uh, the baby? What what is his name? What is his real? Let me find out this dude's real name. It's probably like Jonathan. Jonathan. Oh, okay. Jonathan. So I will not refer to him as the baby. I'm glad you brought that up. Jonathan is a rapper. The scale of how good he is is debatable. I would give him about a three. Um. He, during, was it Rolling Loud? Yeah, he was at Rolling Loud, the super spreader of the end of the year. Um, no, and Palooza is the super spreader of the end of the year. Second, the second super spreader of the end of the year. He randomly, and I do mean randomly, had like a break in between songs and was like doing the whole like, if you fit this category, put your cell phone lights in the air type thing. Like rappers have done it before. They do it in songs all the time. If you got money, say hey, that type of stuff. So he just randomly was like, if you don't have HIV or AIDS or any of those other STDs that'll kill you in two weeks, put your cell phone light in the air. And I was like, okay. <laughs> All right, okay. I don't know where this is coming from, but okay. Then goes, if you a guy, he just said if you a guy or just if you don't be uh, giving fellatio in the parking lot, put your cell phone light in the air. 
And that's when people were like, well, well Jonathan, how do you know what go on in the parking lot? <laughs> and I'll so, be specific comment. I'll be specific. <laughs> like, what you doing in the parking lot? But <laughs> um, everybody was like, that's kind of weird. And then he got on Instagram. I think it was his Instagram that made it worse. Because he went on to say, like, my gay fans are not trashy. And they don't do those things in the parking lot. They make you oh go get God. a hotel. Because my gay fans, those gay fans, they are classy. And everybody was like, but nobody asked you to say that. So it's been, you know, a domino effect since then. Especially since him doubling down on it. He told us we digested the comments wrong and we don't know. And he's an icon and an influencer. Him, him who'll always be an influencer. An so, icon? <laughs> right. So a festival overseas was like, well, girl, you won't be an icon over here. So they plucked him off the lineup. And, and then um, Lollapalooza was like, and you won't be one here either, girl. <laughs> and took him right on off. <laughs> this man really said sucking dick in a parking lot is trashy? Is that what he said? It's just my question was like, but why? Why, <laughs> why did he write it? <laughs> he literally has a song about him getting his dick sucked in a Lowe's parking lot. What is he talking about? A rapper's not living their lyrics anymore. Jesus Christ. Another fraud. And like you said, it was oddly specific. Like, these were very, like, targeted comments. These weren't general, like, you know, (laughs) if you make money, put your hands in the air. If you don't be lying. It was, like, very much like if you didn't kill that nigga James on the 13th of December last year. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely got money in my pocket. I will say that I... I, I think the baby will be fine. I think in like six weeks, nobody will care. Well, nah, this was good. You know, he got he got the attention of uh, legends in the game, such as uh, Madonna and Elton John. Madonna was calling her kids like a year. Come on now. She's not. Yeah, I don't care. I'm not listening to Madonna. She can go ahead and sit, okay, she needs to sit down before we start looking at her past. <laughs> she got some questionable behavior. A weirdo. <laughs> okay, well, here, here's my thing. I didn't like. I didn't. I haven't been on social media for. Take a shot every time I say I haven't take. I haven't been on social media. But like, who who's going to be the the heterosexual artist that calls out the baby on this stuff? Like Jay Z. What you Brown. doing, dog? Uh, like, well, Jay-Z's Chris Brown. Gotta, Chris Brown did say, "Do your songs and then shut your mouth and keep going." So, and, and I, I, yeah, I, I, I respect. I respect. He's letting that nigga Talib Kweli uh, harass a woman on Twitter for going on uh, a year and a half now. So, yeah, I, re- I respect people like Chris Chris Brown for coming out there and speaking out about this because it's just like when you say something and the only person that comes out to defend you is Ti, then you really need to shut the fuck up. Like it can't be that. Like if Ti is like, oh, you know what? I stand with the baby on his opinion. He should be able to say what he wants, and he's the only person defending you. And if Chris Brown, if Chris Brown comes up and tells you to shut the fuck up and everybody's like, yeah, Chris Brown is right. You really fucked up because niggas hate Chris Brown. (laughs) And he's the one telling you, hey, dog, shut the fuck up. And niggas is like, yep, believe Chris Brown. We believe this man. You really, you're really fucking up. And I I think the baby's going to be fine, but this is going to affect his career. Right. Oh, yeah. You get you're getting pulled out of lineup or festival lineups. Um, the big the higher ups are probably going to start. You know, I'm not saying they're not going to you know place him in in award shows or things of that nature, but they're going to start questioning like, hey, 
Like, does he think that gay niggas don't listen to rap? Like, what what are we doing here? Like, what are you talking about? At like, the rap point is the most where popular it's music. made it to Elton John, you fucked up. Yeah, yeah Elton that's... John the Don. I was just about to say. <laughs> he, uh, he lose that pop bag for sure. Like, Dua Lipa was like, this ain't the this ain't the, the baby I put on my song. Yeah, I, I don't know this nigga. Like, I don't know that one. He ain't one of the good ones, apparently. So get this nigga off my song. <laughs> I'll find some. Let me, hey, put little baby on this thing. <laughs> Just change that L, change that dud to a little. We're good, little baby. Give me sixteen real quick. You can be the one. I'm Let's, actually glad that he's getting packed up and up out of here because, you know, using the same beats, the same flow patterns, the same exact flow, and all that, it was getting kind of old anyway. I mean, rinse, wash, repeat. It's his whole career, and it's about time that you know that the Don puts an end to him. You know what I'm saying? What, what What's the group he was with? They said it's going to be him and the and the Jets or something like that pulling up on him. I love it, man. Get this guy out of here. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, with as much as we know about that lifestyle and some of the hurtful things that people can stay and some of the painful stigmatisms, and I was actually just taking the time to just read through what Elton John was talking about and what everybody else was um, speaking of for it, like it does nothing. The stuff he does, it does nothing to promote any goodwill for these people. Elton John, you know, he's had friends that have had to deal with AIDS and things like this and STDs and negative con- connotation and being killed over being gay and being chastised over being gay and all types of things, rape, all that. And it's like you take the time out of your busy day to try to alienate these people it doesn't make sense, man. At the end of the day, you committed career suicide, and I hope I don't hear from him ever again. Like the baby should be done out. I, I made a personal choice to stop listening to the baby's music like two years ago because it was just like you've heard. Once I've heard one verse from him, I've heard them all. Like after 2019, all the verses have pretty much been the same. You can interchange them however you want. I like he is what he is at this point. Like he will. He had a pretty good uh, trajectory going he was sliding in that pop lane but now that's gone like oh you nah that's like kj just said that pop bag is gone like he is no longer doing that the whites are going to cut him off yeah for sure i I mean i wouldn't be surprised if we if it starts to go like very quiet for him in the coming weeks and months um he's I would say he's lucky if you can even say that that like award season. Well, I won't even say award season is gone because I think that the BMAs are soon. Um, I don't know. I just wouldn't be surprised if more of the bigger entities start to be like, "We'll pass on you." He's already lost like small endorsements like Boohoo Man, uh, which if you know Boohoo is an online retailer uh, that's overseas. So I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he continues to lose those endorsements. What kind of makes me upset though is that this was the point where everybody was like, yeah, this nigga's canceled. Because he's like, she shot a kid in Walmart. Like, what? punched a lady in the face. Like, <laughs> he did. He killed a, a 19-year-old young man in Walmart. And he says it was self-defense, but literally all of the witnesses are like, that's not what happened. Um, he, the young man was trying to break up a fight. Allegedly, I'm going to say allegedly to all of this, there are different stories on either side, but the fact remains he did shoot a child, a 19-year-old in Walmart. Um, he, Like I said, he's punched a lady in the face. Um, he 
He beat what, the nigga up in Saks Fifth too. Right, yeah. He's um, like he's jumped him. hit multiple people. Uh this stuff with Megan, which like I'm not saying he should have been quote unquote canceled. We all nobody know nobody gets canceled, but you know, pretending to be in solidarity with Meg until it was no longer profitable. And he chose that same show that he said all of that. He bought Tory Lanez out. He shouldn't have been there anyway because Megan has a restraining order against him. He shouldn't have been that close to Megan at any point. Um, so, yeah. That's, 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 that's fucked up. You know, like, I don't, like, and at this point, we still don't know what happened between uh, Tory and Megan. But at the end of the day, man, that's still a bad look. For the baby, if you're, if I'm Megan and he's supposed to be someone I'm cool with, like, what are you like? You know what you're doing there. Like, you're trying yeah. to make a statement by bringing this man around, by continuously to, by continually to work with him and to be publicly supportive of what he's been out here doing, whether he, you know, did whatever he did or not. It's still a bad look. Like, he's got he, I. At this point, like he'll he'll be fine this year for this round of awards or whatever, he'll be fine. But the next year, like twenty twenty two, the baby might be uh, relegated to a regional artist because it, it might be a wrap for him. But uh, speaking of other music that I'm sure that everybody is quote unquote excited for, uh, Kanye West is supposed to be dropping Donda this week. Yeah. Um, I I will personally will not be staying up till midnight because I am not new to this. I am true to this. <laughs> I've been a Kanye fan for a very long time. I know how this thing works. I will not. Um, I will wait until the morning and see if it, if it's on my Apple Music in the morning. I will listen to it. If it's not, I'm not gonna be upset about it. Like at some point, you guys gotta stop falling for this. Like how many times are you gonna keep dealing with this? Like he. The music will drop when he te- when he says it's going to drop. His representative can talk to their blue in the face saying, it's dropping this week, it's dropping this week. If Kanye wakes up on Thursday morning and it's like, hey, I got a new verse, it will not be dropped that week. It doesn't matter. It'll drop when he's ready to drop it. I also don't think he'll drop it on the 5th. I think it'll be close to the 5th, maybe like the next week. I have no uh, idea. <laughs> so, but I mean, I just overall hope it sounds better because, again, like I said last week or maybe the week before, uh, what I heard I did not enjoy. So, and I'm not, I'm not gonna be checking for it. So, I mean, if I, I happen to run across it, maybe, but I'm not gonna be looking for Donda. I haven't heard like I didn't watch the listening party. I didn't. I haven't heard any new music from Kanye as far as this Donda thing goes because. I, like I said, I am not a new Kanye West fan. Like these songs are going to change drastically whenever this album comes out, and a lot. And I'm willing to bet that all the songs that he played at that stream will not be on the album. They're going to be different. They're going to be changed. They're going to be mixed and mastered totally differently. So, speaking of another group or artist that uh, decided to actually release new music, uh, Silk Sonic dropped. <laughs> A second, a second song, a second single called Skate. Uh, Rev, do you have any uh, any hot takes about this song? I'm not listening to no more of them songs until I get an album. And I'm not saying that they're bad songs. I'm sure they're phenomenal music. I love Anderson Pack and I love Bro Mars. But you're going to play with me. That doorbell opened for seven months. I'm not Yikes. listening to nothing. 
until there's another until there's a, a complete album so you keep your music and give me a full album wow so you haven't listened to it no and i won't listen okay yes you will listen to it i dem- i demand you to listen to it right now listen to it right now I'm sure it's a good song but like i'm really tired of it what Come are you on. waiting I, you know what? Here's here's my thing, and I do agree with that. I will say that the song is a banger. It's a slapper. <laughs> it's going to be, I think it's going to be a contender for the song of the year, along with Leave the Door Open. Um, but the, the, I was wondering, I was thinking to myself when I heard it, I was like, why didn't they drop this at the beginning of the summertime? And they probably could have, but they dropped Leave the Door Open on March 5th. So I guess they wanted that song to cook for a couple of months before dropping a follow up. It absolutely cooked. Yeah, I here, <laughs> I liked it. I liked that they put that out and then they were able to like perform it live a few times and then drop a second like a a second version of it because I actually like the the live version of it better. But uh, I'm curious to see what they do with this song. Um, I hope this is the last single that we get before an album. And I've I said this when I heard uh, "Leave the Door Open" uh, the first time that this is going to be the best album of 2021 if it drops in 2021. There's this is the best music that we've we've heard this year, and uh, this might be the uh, best group to ever come together to make music. Like I think about like Jay Z and Kanye West, uh, Drake and Future. Um, I couldn't really think of another like you know T T Pain and Lil Wayne had a little something kind of going together, but as far as like two separate artists coming together and making music, I don't think we've had anything better than uh, Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack, and I'm very excited for what they're doing. I don't obviously you haven't listened to the to the song. I will say they put out a music video, and I will say that I love the aesthetic that they're going for than the vibes that they're going for. I feel like they've, they've been holding this song because they're waiting for Bruno Mars's chin hair to grow out a little bit more because it's definitely a little bit more pronounced in the video. So maybe that's what they've been waiting for. But if you listen, if you watch the video, it's very like summertime feely. It's very like a super like really fun video. And it's nothing but black women roller skating which mm-hmm. is my thing now for some reason. Like if I don't, I, I'm sure if I go on Instagram and type in black women roller skating that I can find a bunch of pages and videos of them doing that. Like I love watching it. I can watch that all day. Like just the different skin tones, different hair textures, the swag, the style, everything. I like the, I like the audience that they're targeting. Like they're targeting uh, black people and black music, but they're kind of, making it mainstream i guess like i went and rewatched the silk sonic video it's nothing but black women in that video also so it it, i know people kind of hit bruno mars with that cultural appropriation before but Mm -hmm. with him it with him it is a little different because he does pay homage to the people that came before him to the the artists that did that music before him but when i listen to his music in this in the music that he is making I think to myself, what black artist could do the songs that he is doing right now? Like you listen to 24 Karat Magic, what black artist is doing that? Because I know Bryson Tiller's not doing that. Black isn't doing that. 
You know, I love Lucky Day, but he's not. He doesn't. He's not doing that. I mean, Chris Brown, maybe. Like, I don't know. If, like, vocally, I don't know if he's able to pull the pull that off. Uh, who else is there? Like, the only the only legitimate artist that I think that could have done it is like Leon Bridges, but he doesn't have any facial hair, so I think that's his big problem. I think that's why he's not as as successful as he should be. I so I do think Silk Sonic makes great music. I am very personally upset that I had to listen to Leave the Door Open for six months straight. And I the, never closed. I love the song. <laughs> I think the song is amazing. I don't want to hear it anymore. And I also don't want to see you perform it anymore. And I have a feeling that the VMAs are going to come around and they're going to say Silk Sonic and they're going to sing that song again. And they may throw in a bit of this new song. This is the, this is the song of the summer. I do think that they're a great group. I love what Bruno Mars and Anderson Peck do vocally. Bruno makes Anderson Peck sound a lot better vocally than Anderson really is, and I think that's dope. Um, I like the way that they write music together. I like the way that they play music together. They, like you said, fit into this really cool, like modern '70s aesthetic where it's you know a lot of warm tones, a lot of warm like you know greens and earth tones and you know browns and mustard colors. And um, I like that they are attempting to be a bit more diverse in the women that they use for their videos. Um, I'm excited for whatever this album is going to be. I hope that we get it before uh, we're all wiped out the face of the earth with the Delta variant. Um, yeah. You know, I would have loved, and maybe that's what they've been waiting for too. Maybe they have a certain setting that they want this music to be released in. And I totally understand that. This seems like the type of, just from where they've been going, it seems like the type of music that should be released that you can play it at house parties or that you can play it in a lounge or somewhere where people can mingle mingle and kind of like interact with each other through this music. Um, so maybe that's why they've been waiting so long. Um, or maybe it just isn't done. I don't know the answer to that. It has um, to be done. It has to be done. It's been a while. I, I feel like Silk Sonic was maybe announced at the end of 2020. I feel like I've known about Silk Sonic for coming up on a year. Um, and so I just... I hope we get an album soon. I know it'll be good. So I'm not going to say I hope it's a good album. I know it'll be good. When you bring up Bruno Mars, I don't, it's hard with cultural appropriation. I I personally would say, I don't think that Bruno is appropriating culture. I think that this is one of those rare instances of appreciating a culture um, to where he very, he doesn't shy away from saying I've been influenced by these things. I'm influenced by James Brown. I'm influenced by, these soul uh, rhythms and sounds that came before me, and I don't—he doesn't mind saying that. So I think that Bruno is leaning more on the side of appreciation. You're right; there aren't a lot of artists that can do 24K magic, that can do Versace on the floor. Um, even some of his older stuff, like Duops and Hooligans, is really good music. Um, he's got another—I don't know what the album it comes from, but he's got a song that I really like called Gorilla. Um, he just. Bruno Mars can sing, and there aren't too many artists that can sing like Bruno Mars. Not Chris keeps, Brown. Keeps that mic on. Yeah, like Bruno Mars can sing. I don't care, you know, what other personal issues that he may have had, but when it's time to sing the song, he sings the song. Um, so I say all that to say, very excited for whatever this is. Maybe I'll get to skate at some point, but I'm just very upset with them. Um, I want a full 10 songs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, when I was preparing for this, I did write down that the song sounded very Motownish. Like yeah. I could I could see I can hear Marvin Gaye on this song. I can hear Stevie Wonder on this. I can almost hear Barry White on this. I can, I can hear a lot of 
older artists doing this exact song. Um, we were kind of having a discussion in the group chat about like who who was carrying uh, Silk Sonic. I'm I'm not sure if it's you know, worth discussing. I mean, I I don't really care honestly. Like the music is good, the writing is solid, the production is great, and they're they they they've literally picked out a, a moment in time that they're trying to recreate, kind of like with a uh, with what uh, Donald Glover did with Awaken My Love, where he like picked a particular uh, sound as far as like the funk, funkadelic yeah. parliament stuff. Like he was like, hey, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make an album that fits that mode. And that's kind of what Silk Sonic is doing. So I can definitely appreciate that. I would love for them to put this album out by, you know, October. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like that seems like a good, a good time. Like honestly, a good time would be right now. That'd be the perfect time. Honestly, I'd listen to it right now. Album in maybe like mid June, like as soon as summer solstice started on June twenty first or whatever. I would have loved for Silk Sonic to have dropped it. If the world was normal and yeah. they dropped this album in June, I think that would have been like perfect summer classics all summer. I think you, it really would have set a tone like the whatever era they're going for in the music, which I'm going to assume is very 70s, very Motown. Um, I think that would have carried on. And this is just like, I guess, the marketer in my brain. But I think that would have carried on to the summer and become a lot of people's aesthetic. Like, I feel like people would have been way more willing to break out some roller skates or be at the skating rink or have these like basement parties where it's hot and it's sweaty, but you're in each other's face. kind of Having a great time. Right. Uh, unfortunately, the world is not like that, and it doesn't show any signs of getting back to that. Nope. Um, <laughs> I hope that's not what they're waiting on, and I hope that they're willing to give us really good, vibey music that maybe we can return to in three years. Well, um, that That's my thing, too. It's like I, I kind of hope that this kind of changes what R&B is. Like, hopefully we can kind of move away from the trap music mm. that we're currently getting from R&B artists. Let's start getting away from a lot of the 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 808s and the hip hop beats and the trap beats and the and the rapping. Like I like I get it, but like let's kind of let's kind of go like let's circle back to what R&B used to be like. What um soul singers and R&B singers used to do. Like I don't want to hear R&B singers rapping. Like that's just me. Maybe it's cuz I'm old, whatever. But hopefully we can bring that old sound back cuz that's usually what happens with with music and culture in general, like old things start to come back and they become the new hot thing, like bell bottoms, I guess. I I would wear <laughs> tomorrow. Or uh, crop tops. For I sure. I I do hope that there's more delineation between um between R and B and soul singers and whatever this new genre of, you know, singing rappers is. Now I don't think that those artists are bad. I really like black. Uh I really like Bryson Tiller when he's okay and ready to make music. Um, but I, I I would like more of a delineation. I ain't saying we gotta go back to Jodeci and you know, you know, the combat boots bouncing up and down in the rain, and we ain't gotta go back to the Jackson Five. But I, I do hope that we could get to a place where like I know that I could get some soul from here. And I will say, I hope and pray that Ari Lennox is somewhere on this album. I feel like Ari Lennox's sound very it like it meshes really good what what ari lennox did with shea butter baby is what silk sonic is gonna i hope going to do with their album 
Um, she and I been hope, in that video. Right. And I hope that they they collide and make something really nice. If if it's one song or if it's two songs, I, I really would like to hear it. And I hope that they keep doing this too. I hope that Silk Sonic isn't just a one-off project. Like I hope that they they keep That's too doing much. It. There's too much money for them to for this to just be a one-time thing. Cause I know when I when I I listened to Leave the Door Open one time when I first heard it, and I was like, I am buying tour tickets for this. I don't care yeah. what else they put out. I'm I'm going to see this live. I don't care. And I'm coming in the outfit too. Like I'm coming. If if you want to have a '70s Motown Let's sound, I'm coming in the freaking. I I got Afro puffs. I'm gonna have like a really ugly top song, like the crochet joints. I'm gonna find. Yes. Forms. Like if you want me to come in and show out, Victoria Monet will be great on this album. I love Victoria yes, Monet. Victoria Monet is the perfect. She'd be the like perfect opening act. Be speaking her name like all of them Ariana Grande songs you like. Fire. She's got this song called "Touch Me" that features Kaylani. Perfect ladies loving ladies bars. Sing more songs about loving your homegirl. If you love your homegirl, not if you don't. It's weird if you don't. That is true. That is true. You gotta <laughs> don't love her if you don't. Don't love her if you don't love her. Like Victoria, Victoria Monet would be like the perfect opening act for Silk Sonic, and she she definitely deserves deserves a lot more uh, credit for the music that she's doing because she's not really doing the whisper rap singing no. stuff. Like she's actually making like I I feel like she's I don't know if she's trying to do it on purpose, but she's got a little bit of that disco stuff that she's doing. Like bring can we bring back disco? Because just like as a kid, I always view disco as like a joke. Like. It's a type of music where it's just like, oh, that's just corny music. But as an adult, I go back and listen to some of the stuff. I go back to some of the playlists and I do a little bit more research. And I'm like, okay, who is actually making like the best disco music? And it's like, you know, uh, damn it, what's her name? Uh, Donna mm-hmm. Summers and like, oh, you know, yeah. Michael Jackson, uh, Off the Wall. That's pretty much a disco album. And you listen to that stuff, you're like, yeah, this music is fucking fire. Like, we need more of this stuff. It would totally, it would totally change everything about what music is now. So why not try to bring it back? I mean, you can hear flex of the seventies in people's music. Like, like I was saying, Dua Lipa has some seventies moments, Love it. and uh, Doja Cat had a small seventies moment with Say So. Like, it's especially, yes. especially the video with seventies. Um, of course, back to Silk Sonic. That music was fun. Disco was fun. Maybe it was the cocaine that was making everybody have a little be loose, but that music is very fun. It's music that gets you up and gets you moving and you know can sweat for three hours in the party. That's that's <laughs> the problem. That is the problem. People people these days are popping too many pills. Let's just let's bring cocaine back, get these nose candy popping so we can get back to having a good time at these parties. And I definitely agree with what KJ is saying in the chat about anti-disco was anti-black propaganda. Like, if you watch what, like, why disco kind of disappeared, it was, like, because an angry white man in Chicago was like, I'm tired of listening to this type of music. So there's that, that's a whole entire different he episode. No he was hurt at home. No, no I, I, I saw what he looked like. He definitely had no hoes. He definitely was getting <laughs> no bitches, had no cocaine. So <laughs> that man was a big-time hater. It was hating. You should have went to the club. <laughs> Hating big time, and he was listening to the whack shit. Like it is what it is. But I'm definitely, I'm very excited for what Silk Sonic is doing. But the release of this song makes it makes me a little nervous about when Drake is going to release his music because he said he said a week a week or two ago, I believe he said Certified Lover Boy will be out 
before the end of the summer. So Silk Sonic just dropped another heater at the beginning of August. We are going to hear this song and they're going to perform the song a couple times. It's going to be all over the place in August. Next week, we're getting new music from Nas. We're supposed to be getting new music from Kanye West, which could, you know, that window is wide open. So if I'm Drake and Silk Sonic is doing what they're doing, do I want to put out music while they're cooking the charts up right now? Like, I'm I'm nervous, man. I'm not gonna lie. And I, I I'm I, I really want to hear what Drake has to say on this album because I'm if you're a fan of rap, you're a fan of, you're a fan of Drake. Like it is what it is at this point. And I I want this Drake album, but it just doesn't seem like it's gonna come at any time because everything things keep happening. And the longer you wait, the more outside opens up, the more other artists start to come out and start dropping music. Like so Sonic's gonna do their thing. And Drake's gonna be like, all right, well, I'm ready to drop now. And guess who's right there? Kendrick. I'm not dropping with Kendrick. Like, come on. <laughs> like, what are we doing? You should have dropped it in February when there was nothing going on. You'd have been fine. I'm trying to approach Certified Lover Boy, if that's still the name of the album. I'm trying to approach that project with no expectations. Because every time <laughs> I get something from Drake, I don't enjoy what I get. And maybe that's because. I hold Drake in such high esteem when it comes to really good music. Like when I think of the soundtrack of like my senior year and, you know, freshman year of college and beyond, I think of Drake. Like Drake made really good freshman drunk girl music um, and I enjoyed it. And so I feel like that I still hold him in this regard of like, Drake is going to be the soundtrack of my life. And he has sorely disappointed me the last two outings. So, and that's not to say the music was bad. It just wasn't I what, what I thought Drake's music was going to be. Um, so I hope Certified Lover Boy is good. I think Drake would, A, benefit from not telling anybody when it's going to come out and just dropping it. I also think that he would benefit from dropping it on his birthday because I hopefully mm. The heat from whatever drops before will have died down a little bit since music is so fast. It's in and out these days. Because um, if you get a new single from Nas, you're going to get something from Jay-Z because Jay-Z hates Nas and drops anything and everything on whenever jo- Nas Thanks. drops. Thanks. Um, so Jay-Z on the way. <laughs> right. So <laughs> if Drake is going to drop this year, I hope that maybe he should wait until the fall until it's very moody and seasonal depression starts to kick in. Um, and then he drops Certified Lover Boy, and then we'll all love it because we're all sad. Uh, because I just feel like if it's not a summer vibe and he tries to drop it anytime today in September the 20th or anything work. like that, it just isn't going to hit the way I think he wants it to hit. It either needs to be a summer vibe or he needs to hold on to it until fall. The thing that I was thinking about, um, I was listening to, I was listening to Igor. And I was like, yo, man, if Tyler the Creator just produced Certified Lover Boy for Drake, that thing would be an instant classic. Like the way that Tyler puts together music and composes things. And if he could get if he could get something out of Drake, like some real emotion out of him, Drake could have a classic. And it would fit more for the for the fall thing. I'm gonna say something controversial and I stand by it. Drake is not Drake 
that won't happen because Drake cannot do that. Like Drake is not that creative. He is not, he cannot jump out of whatever box he's created for himself. Tyler is an artist that is really good at experimenting. If it's good or if it's bad is your opinion. But what you cannot say about Tyler is that he doesn't experiment. There is not a single Tyler the Creator album that sounds like the last one. Drake, a lot of his albums can be interchangeable. Drake cannot, Drake is not nearly as creative as Tyler. So Tyler could give him his best production. I give Drake humble it. I, I give Drake views. Views sounds different from a lot of his stuff. That sounds a little bit different. It was a little and bit more of the Afro beats. Albums. He got six albums and only one of them sounds different. Igor don't sound like Bastard. Bastard don't sound like Goblin. Goblin don't sound like Flower Boy. Flower Boy do not sound like Call Me If You Get Lost. Sheridan sounds fucking crazy in 2021. I ain't gonna lie. That shit sounds crazy. I'm like, what the fuck was he doing on this? But uh, so so let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Yes or no? Could Drake pull off 808s and Heartbreak? Could he do that? I think he could do 808s and Heartbreak, but Drake can, he could never do Igor. The only reason I say, I think that Kanye, the person, makes 808s um, a more dynamic album. I think that Kanye, the person, makes that really good. I think if you gave, if you gave Drake, oh no, a chat got deleted from my work stuff. Um, anyway, oh no, <laughs> if you gave Drake eight oh eight, well, now that I think about it, I don't know. Drake, KJ mentioned this SW SWV single. I think Drake plays really well in a pocket that is almost nostalgic. Again, he's really good with moods. Drake plays really good into like moody vibes, white girls who have black boyfriends, but they're not, they're mixed boyfriends. They're not. They're just doing it to make their dads mad. Yeah, he just, he makes really good like moody music. Drake is not creative enough to pull off this, the things that other artists, he can't pull off but to pimp a butterfly. He not been to pull off Call Me If You Get Lost or 808s or, you know, he not pulling off of My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy because he's just not that creative. And that's not a knock on Drake. Drake does really good at what Drake is good at. But I just can't see him being any more creative than a male Summer Walker. <laughs> oh, and I listened to her album today, actually. And that's that's fair. That's I you know, I can now that you say that, I can kind of see that. I, I I just would like Drake to try. Like I, I would like Drake to really to I I feel like him, I'd like to see in the studio, I want Drake. Tyler, the creator, and Drake's therapist. I want all of them in the room creating some stuff. Like, I need somebody to pull something real out of Drake. Because everything he, like, when he does his emotional songs and all this stuff, it's all superficial stuff. It's all, hey, man, I was at the strip club, and I thought this girl was feeling me. Turned out she a hoe. Like, all right, man. Like, what you, you thought she was going to marry that girl? Like, she's out here dancing for rappers and ballers. Like, that that's not the girl you're going to take home to your mom. Like, no disrespect. But you should know better than that. Like, what are you talking about? You rapping about the girl from Hooters again? Maybe if they, maybe if Drake was given a character, because Drake is a really good actor. So I think that if Drake was given a character, maybe and maybe given a concept, and then you brought in somebody like, yeah, like you brought in somebody like Tyler to help craft this backstory and this character for Drake, and then said, "All right, this is who you are. This is this character's." very quick bio go create that that this may you, this help. is how you feel right but i don't think that drake when left up to his own devices would ever create 
anything revolutionary. And it just doesn't, it doesn't feel real and authentic unless it is real and authentic with him. Yeah. Like that's why a lot of his music to me, even though like, I'm not going to sit up here and talk about like Drake as I, like, as if he's a terrible artist and I hate his music. Like if you pull up my phone, I probably have four Drake playlists that I go back and forth from. So I'm a fan of his music. I thoroughly believe that if you're a fan of rap music, you are a fan of Drake because Drake is rap at this point. But he he does lack a, a, a certain emotional depth that a lot of artists, that like a lot of the great artists um, don't. Like we, we listen to some of the stuff that Kendrick raps about and we're just like, you feel it. You feel the emotions that he has. You feel it from Andre. You feel it from Kanye. You feel it from Jay-Z. You feel it from even R&B singers like Beyonce and whoever. You feel the real rawness and authenticity. And with him, it always feels like there's some sort of barrier. Like he is an actor. Like we're yeah. watching some. We're not watching Aubrey. We're watching Drake. Drake is right. the rapper that he portrays in front of us. And Aubrey is somebody different. And I've maybe never, we want to see Aubrey. I've never had an emotional reaction to Drake's music the way I've had to other artists. Like, I remember hearing I for the first time, the I, was it I or you? One of those one, two. It's, it's probably you. Were you, you when drinking? It, like yeah. those, Kendrick, that type, that song from Kendrick elicited an emotional reaction. King Kunta, I listened to that, I was like, this rides, like I feel something when I listen to this. When I listened to I Care for the first time by Beyonce, I was like, oh, I, I'm hurt by whoever this is. She is I'm like, fuck this dude. <laughs> uh, but I don't know that I've listened to Teenage Fever and been like, and felt anything. I've been inspired by Teenage Fever. I've written things to Teenage Fever and been like, this feels like the perfect backdrop to a moment. But I don't, me personally, I've never felt like, oh, Drake makes me want to cry or Drake makes me want to laugh or go choke a nigga like i don't feel anything from Drake. well and even even talking about your boy uh vince staples like you listen to take me home like you feel something on that on that song where i'm just like damn like that's that's what life is sundown town vince All got the a song called summertime it's a one of the longer songs on summertime of six and it's it, it's a it's a a really good time capsule of like the transition from like teenage boy to manhood, I would assume. But it's a surprisingly emotional love song from a rapper. Whereas Drake, who often raps about love, I don't ever feel like Drake has ever been in love. <laughs> yeah. For for an artist that we consider the emotional rapper, the right. lover, the certified lover boy. I think Drake has only been in love one time, and that was with Rihanna. And that's yeah. not and that's not anything special because we're all in love with Rihanna. Like I'm in love with Rihanna. Like whatever, you're in love with Rihanna. Who's not in love with Rihanna? <laughs> <laughs> like, congratulations, Drake. Get in line. Like, whatever. That's not it's not real. <laughs> like, I just don't believe any of the things that he said. Like, even so so you look at uh what Jay-Z did on Song Cry. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, that story that felt real. That felt like a real life relationship where Jay Z was like talking about his vulnerabilities, his insecurities, the things that he did to fuck shit up, and how he was like, "Damn, dog, like I really messed up this woman that was good to me. Like she did nothing wrong. She did nothing to deserve this, and I still fucked it up." Drake is not putting himself out there like that, and that's Jay Z from 
2001, like when he was still, he was around Drake's age right now. Drake doesn't have a song cry where you can listen to it and put yourself in his shoes and feel those emotions. You're not feeling that from Drake. Drake is, and I, I, I feel like I'm coming off as bashing Drake because I love Drake's music. I really do. He's a it skillful guy. That Drake makes really good songs. I rarely hear a bad song, even the albums where I say that I'm disappointing. It's not because Drake turned in a bad product. It's because I had elevated whatever he was going to bring to maybe even an impossible standard. So this is not a knock on Drake. I think Drake is a really good rapper. I, and I'm, I'm pretty sure Marcus feels the same way. I just don't feel like Drake has let, he's not as vulnerable. His albums don't necessarily feel cathartic. They feel like Somebody gave Drake his lines and Drake rapped them. Like, even when he's talking about, oh, I got mob ties and I know I can do this. I can get you touched. It still feels like, no, you can't, Drake. Like, you're just rapping a song. It feels like. That character Drake, can do it. Yeah, it feels like it feels like the soundtrack to a movie. All of it feels like it is set against some fiction that, like, I will go and watch every once in a while. And I, I've watched a good movie, but I also don't leave the theater feeling anything like I did when I saw Get Out for the first time. Like, I'm not, I don't, I just saw a good movie. <laughs> Drake is, he's the Will Smith of rap. Like, he's he's putting out like Bad Boys too. You know, yeah, he's putting like, out Wild Wild West. They're all entertaining and fun movies to go see and a lot of people watch them and they're fine they're with them. They're winning award, like they're not award winning. Like no. when you go and teach a film class, nobody's pulling out this movie. For. We're not pulling out Independence Day. Right. Nobody's, nobody's using this as like, when you write a spec script, you need to base it off this. Like, it's not Scorsese or nothing like that. This isn't a, a Ryan Coogler film. This is, you know, a Lena Waithe film at best. Oh, oh Jesus. That's bad. Okay. <laughs> Lena, okay. Maybe like a Spike Lee film. No, because Spike Lee. Oh, come on. That's Spike. I don't know what this is. This is like a. I don't even know. This I'm trying to think of a really a a, a good filmmaker, but no, nope. this is like a Marvel movie. Like Fair. Drake films are like Marvel films where I go in and I'm hyped and I'm having fun these whole three hours. And But I ain't never been like that. That needs an Oscar. Black Widow, Oscar. Like, <laughs> I just like had, we're, we're we're not we're not going to the house and having an in depth discussion about yeah. how we felt about that movie. We're like, yeah, that was awesome. Thor was swinging that hammer around, dog. Like, yeah, shit was yeah. it was fire. Other than that, so, I, I don't. If it comes on TNT, I might sit down and watch it. But you know, yeah. I'm not going back to the theater to see this no more. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that the that's the thing with Drake is like, and I do the same thing with Jay Cole. It's like, hey, if you're going to put this guy on Kendrick's level then we need to hold him to that same standard. Like a lot of people do tend to lower the bar for artists that they like, even though they're putting them up there with the higher echelons when they're talking about like, hey, he's one of the 10 best all time or all these things. Like you have to be held to a different standard. And as of now, numbers wise, Drake has definitely reached that bar. But artistically speaking, Drake has not uh, reached that bar. And I'm personally hoping that he's able to do that with the Certified Lover Boy. But the uh, I think the last, last thing to say about Drake is that I think Drake is afraid to fail. I think Drake is afraid to experiment because Drake doesn't want to fail. 
And so he does what he knows that he's good at. And I, Drake, if you ever hear this, I don't think that you can fail. I think that you can only get better. It's not even possible. If, it's even not. If it, even if it isn't your greatest album, I think that it can be a great learning experience to experiment. So do I what hope you that want. One day he chooses to take a risk. I, I know it's hard, but you got to, you're at a point where it doesn't matter what you do, man. You, everybody's going to give you a chance. They're going to give you the benefit of the doubt because you're Drake. You've worked hard to get to the – he's worked too hard to get to the point where he's like, well, I want to do this strictly R&B thing, but I don't know if my fans will like it. I don't know if my core fans will like it. They need me to rap. Like, man, fuck those fans. Like, at this point, they're already here. They're not going nowhere. Do your shit. <laughs> I just think of all the times where, like, an artist had pushed the boundary with the their music and what came from it, you know, like – Rihanna pushed the boundaries of her music with anti, and she hasn't given us a single song since. And people still read anti as a classic. Yes. So, I mean, you know, Tyler, I don't, I hate to bring him up again, but continues to push the boundaries with this music. To pimp a butterfly, to pimp a butterfly was boundary pushing. Nobody was listening to no rap jazz album, and that one, that man a Pulitzer. So, <laughs> push the boundaries with your things. It it may not be great. But it also may be the greatest thing you've ever done. Eight oh eight and heartbreaks and Jesus. Those are like Kanye's done it twice where he's been like, all right, I'm gonna try something different and see what happens, and then I'm going to try it again. Like he's gonna keep pushing it. And I respect that from artists that that uh that do that. But let's shift gears, let's go from music, let's go to sports. Big news. I, I didn't watch the uh NBA draft. Um because yeah, I, I don't know. Sorry. I don't watch college basketball. I don't think it's fun. I don't think it's entertaining. I think it's bad basketball, actually. But I, I do watch the NBA, so I don't know any of the players that got drafted. Um, when it starts to the point where, like, I'm far older than these players getting drafted, like, Oof. it hurts my feelings to know that a 19-year-old is about to go make, you know, $200 million. And I'm going to work every morning, so I don't I don't even watch that. Well, then uh, – Okay, I'm, we're going to go backtrack on what on Drake real quick just because of what that GA boy just said. He just said, afraid to fail. He's been doing what he wants for 10-plus years. That is not the case. There was an interview out there where Drake, was, this was either for views or for an album before that, where he said he wanted to do just strictly like uh, Afro beats or R&B singing. Like he wanted to just do strictly that, no rapping. But as he got close to finishing, he started thinking like, hey, my core fans want to hear me rap. So now I need to change this album up completely. I need to throw at least three or four rap joints in there. So Drake is not doing what he wants. He's doing what he thinks the fans wants. Like, and that's coming from Drake's mouth. Like he changed his entire project to appease his fans. So he is afraid to fail. <laughs> like he, he, he's insecure about uh, his music. But uh, the, the big thing from basketball that happened was the Lakers traded for Russell Westbrook. Uh, we we talked about this via text. Um, I will say that I, I'm not sure what they're saying on Twitter or social media. I, will, I would like to be on the record and say that this team with LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook is not a super team. I repeat a 37-year-old LeBron James, a – I don't know how old Anthony Davis is, but uh, often injured Anthony Davis. 
yeah, an often injured Anthony Davis in a past his prime Russell Westbrook, not a super team. Really good team, not a super team. So, uh, uh yeah, I, I would again, <laughs> I think there aren't a lot of super teams around. Like, just because you like that nigga and you think he can hoop, don't make him a superstar sure and don't make him a super team. So, that niggas be like, oh, Jimmy Butler, Tyler Harrow on one team, that's man, not a bio super team. It's some regular niggas, and I'm not saying like regular, like they work at Walmart, but like they just be hooping. They not super. Nah, that's not. Nah, that that that's my squad. That is not a super team. Those are just some niggas out there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see Russ. I I think that people think that I hate Russell Westbrook, and I have to clarify that I don't hate Russell Westbrook. I really like Russell Westbrook. I like him as a person. He seems like a great dad. He loves his wife. He's a really good basketball player. I just worry that for a point guard, he don't do enough point guarding. That's the only thing that I am saying. And I hope that as part of this Lakers team, they don't uh, make him feel like he needs to run an offense and they allow Russell Westbrook to do what he's really good at. And that is scoring. Russell Westbrook is a scoring guard and he can score in bunches and he's really fast and he's really strong. So I hope he gets the opportunity to go out and not have to worry about passing the ball, and he can score and rebound and assist if he wants uh, in bunches. I really, really hope that for Russell Westbrook, and I hope he gets to play the freest basketball that I think we've ever gotten to see him play, or at least in the last few years. From what I saw, this was a a reported, this was a a secret meeting that they have. They had, like, Russ met up with LeBron and Anthony Davis at LeBron's house and had some kind of secret meeting where they're just like, hey, we need to make this happen. And if 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 we can make this happen, LeBron reportedly said that he is willing to play more at the power forward and Anthony Davis is more willing to play at the five. If that happens, I have different feelings about this team because Anthony Davis at the center is, I think he's going to be, he's like MVP level talent if he plays the center most of the time um and this is going to be an adjustment for russell westbrook like russell is accustomed to having the ball in his hands at all times and making all the decisions now he's dropped down to the third option on a team and this is where this is where the sacrifice that we talked about comes in when we talk about super teams like when you go from the guy that gets 25 shots a game to now you're the third guy who's getting maybe like 12 or 15 shots. Now, how are you feeling about that? Cause it's easy to, it's easy for us to say it now. It's easy for us to say like, Hey, I'm a team guy. I just care about winning, blah, blah, blah. But then once it's, you know, January and you've lost three straight and you've only taken 10 shots in those games, how you feeling now? Cause I'm, if I'm Russell Westbrook, I'm like, I'm a triple double guy. I'm an MVP. Why am I not getting shots? How come I can't get more shots here? So that's kind of where uh, trouble can lie. I well, think the Lakers. I hope that they have a, a somebody. I don't say somebody. I hope that Frank Vogel and whoever the starting point guard is or the lead point guard, whoever that is, I hope that they could be intentional about distributing these shots. Like if Russell Westbrook is going to make a sacrifice, I hope that whoever's having the offense flow through them, I hope that they can get him quality 10 to 15 shots tonight. 
Like I don't want it to be like garbage time buckets or, you know, these buckets that are impossible. Like if he's going to have to kind of back off in production, I would hope that whoever's running the offense can make sure that these are quality shots. He's getting good looks every time he's on the floor and he's in a position to be good, his best self without him feeling like he sacrificed for nothing. And I think honestly that they're just they're just trading for a name. Like on paper, Russell Westbrook should be good. Like he should be a great player because of what he's done throughout his career. But on the court, like I just I just think there were better options because now you've given up Kyle Kuzma, who is not as bad as people think he is, and you've given up KCP, who are two really good three point shooters. Like Montrez Harrell, you know, that didn't work out. It is what it is, it happens. But you've given up two good to great three-point shooters and now you've replaced them with one of the worst three-point shooters ever like he is not good at shooting threes he's also not good on defense and that's something that lebron james led teams are good on is they're good on defense and russell westbrook is not a good defender so hopefully frank vogel can like kind of coach him up and lebron can get this guy going at least on a defensive end but if i'm the lakers if i'm the gm here and lebron james comes to me and he's like hey man we talked to Russell. We talked to Russell Westbrook, and he's he wants to come here. Can you make this happen? And if I'm looking at Russ and I'm looking at that $40 million contract, I'm like, yo, I know that's your boy and everything, but how about we just re-sign Dennis Schroeder and we trade for Buddy Heald? And we keep all our guys. Or, you know, maybe we have to give up Montres Harrell and Kate and uh uh Kuzma. But we can keep we can keep KCP and we get Buddy Hield and Dennis Schroeder, so we don't lose any shooting. We keep a little bit of continuity, and we're still younger. We're still a young team, like an experienced team, but still young. I just I just don't. You are saying that LeBron is going to talk to the J- GM as if LeBron is not the GM, so he would have also, a conversation with himself. <laughs> that's also, that is also factual. He's uh doing. He's uh you know Aaron Rodgers is falling in the in those footsteps, but. I also think that LeBron is just, and I'm not saying this as a bad attribute, but I do think that LeBron uh, holds it close that he can help guys get championships. I think LeBron looks at himself as, and he's not wrong to think this way. uh, LeBron thinks of himself as like a walking championship. Like he know he can get, he's been there enough. He knows how to get there. He knows how to compete. He knows how to win. So I think that LeBron almost finds some, feels like maybe he's a foster parent for children looking to win championships and (laughs) opens the doors of his home to whoever he can get in at that time. It happened to be Russ this time. Um, Do I mean, I'm not saying that I I still think the Lakers have a, a good chance of coming out of the West, but I don't think it'll be because Russell Westbrook pushed them over the limit. No, I think it's Anthony Davis playing center. That's going to be the big thing. Like, I like I don't look at any center in the West and think, like, okay, who's going to stop Anthony Davis from getting buckets and defending at the center? Like, Jokic is not going to do it. A healthy Anthony Davis. We've seen uh, Anthony – we've seen a lot of people, just, you know, results of condensed seasons and very quick-paced games, but we've seen a lot of guys be hurt. Uh, so I hope that – they have a complete off season to yeah. rehab and to work together. 
and then they have a complete training camp to again keep ironing out those kinks. Um, and then they now that a regular it's going to be a semi normal or mostly normal uh, regular season that they have these eighty two games to work together. I will say that if the season starts in October and this experiment has not or does not show any promise by February, then I, <laughs> I this may have been a bad move. Like if, if we get to February and these guys have lost 20 games or if, which I don't think will happen, but yeah. if, if these guys have lost mad games by February, I don't know. I don't want people to blame Russell Westbrook, but I also don't want anybody to think that it's going to turn around from February to playoff time. Yeah. If, if Russell Westbrook is shooting five to six threes a game, that's a problem. It, yeah. it can't be that. He can't be out there doing that. I personally still think uh, I would pick the Warriors to come out of the West at this point just because of what Steph did last year. Um, seeing, honestly, Seeing what Kevin Durant was able to do last year off his torn Achilles gives me a little bit more hope for what Klay Thompson can do. And I I still feel like the Warriors have a move to make. I feel like they're going to make a move and they're going to bring somebody in. Um, Kawhi Leonard, if, you're, if, you're, if Kawhi Leonard is listening right now, it would be very easy for you to just slide on over to Golden State. It's on the West Coast. It's close to San Diego. You don't have to worry about scoring a lot of points. All you got to do is just play a little defense. Maybe put up like ten shots a game, get a championship. Why not? Who says no to that? You you just you're a quiet guy. You don't have to be the face of the team. No one's gonna talk to you. They're gonna talk to Steph. They're gonna talk to Draymond. Clay Thompson's coming back. No one's even gonna. You can just sign a sign a vet minimum deal. No one's gonna. No one's gonna care. No one will even talk about it. It's not. But if I'm the Lakers, the Lakers need to do whatever they can to try to get Buddy from Sacramento. I don't know what Sacramento was offering. But they need to try to get Buddy, and they need to get DeMar DeRozan. They need to get somebody. They've got to get some players because that roster as is, like having LeBron and Anthony Davis is obviously great to have. But the other only the only other people with guaranteed contracts on the roster right now is Russell Westbrook and the corpse of Marc Gasol. So you got to fill that roster out. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know Marcus was still playing for like or you know, so I don't know if he's uh, still playing, but he's on the roster. Uh yeah, I mean, I I don't want to discount the Warriors. I just I think that they may be a little sluggish out the gate. Um I again I think February, Marchish will be the true like barometer for how good any team is. I try not to give teams a whole bunch of, you know, crap for maybe being a little sluggish from October to December. Um, these are, you know, you playing two, three games a week over 12 weeks. It, it takes a while to get back in a rhythm, especially for guys who have been hurt or guys who are coming off long playoff runs or, you know, guys who maybe have switched into new offenses and, and new teams. So I try to give till February and March to have like a true barometer of like who's yes. good and who's not. After um, the trade deadline. Yeah. Uh, I, so I think that the Warriors and the Lakers could be good front runners. Um, again, I said this last week. You, there are certain teams you don't have to expect much from. You're not. You don't need to expect much from Sacramento. You don't need to expect much from Portland. You won't need to expect much from San Antonio. So if you focus your attention on the the, the teams that'll 
you know, likely round out your top five, your your Utahs, your Denvers, your Lakers, your Warriors, and, you know, whatever the fourth team may be in there. Uh, Phoenix, you would hope, after coming off a championship run. Um, I, I just – I honestly – Again, I think that this championship may have been – if I had to compare Phoenix and Milwaukee, who may get back to this place again, it'd be Milwaukee. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if Phoenix will ever – not ever, but I don't think anytime soon they'll see this this type of uh, production again. I mean, again, good luck to the Lakers. Good luck to Russ in a new home. He can finally creep in peace. He's back oh, in yeah. L.A. Hell yeah. Uh, hopefully that gives him some energy. Um I would love, and I know we won't do it, but I would love for LeBron to be just the power forward. I don't really care to see point forward LeBron anymore. I'd like to see him play, not because he's bad, but I just think that I want, if LeBron's going to make a deep playoff run and what may be one of his final seasons, I want LeBron to be as burden-free as possible. And it is a lot of work to be the point guard and the power forward at once. Yeah, that's a lot him to be as free to play as he possibly can. Okay. Uh, give me yes or no. Dame is a trailblazer next year. No. Kawhi Leonard is playing where next year? He'll be in LA. And Chris Paul. Chris Paul is going to have a tough time trying to go somewhere where somebody wants him for more than <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I'm again, that's not because Chris Paul is bad, that is because Chris Paul is 37 years old. Um, yes, and a lot of rosters that have that are good and that are contenders already have their point guard, they're not looking to add that piece. That's a major piece on the on the board. Nobody's looking, nobody that's ready to compete is looking to add a point guard. Um, so I would say if I really had to make sense of the world. Chris Paul is a member of the Phoenix Suns yet again. I cannot see a team that is going to pick up the contract of a 37-year-old point guard who wants additional money. Crazy. Already championship ready. The audacity. (laughs) If anything, Chris Paul has the audacity. Ben Simmons. Sucks. Oh, God. (laughs) That wasn't Um. The thing about Philadelphia, and I'm glad you brought Ben Simmons up. Somebody tweeted, and I really wish I remember their their, their handle. They tweeted, Philadelphia acts as if none of us saw the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And none of us has seen Ben Simmons play before. So I think that Ben Simmons will continue to be in Philadelphia because he is bad, and nobody wants that on their team. Nobody has time to develop a four-year point guard <laughs> that cannot shoot and who not only cannot shoot, but he is a afraid to shoot. He will not he shoot. Want to. So nobody has time to develop that. He's not a rookie anymore. Nobody's looking to develop a player anymore. He he is what he is at this point. Like Ben Simmons is not going to change unless he has like a hard like a hard hard reset. He needs a hard wiring. Something needs to change with him. And, and I don't think it's going to happen. That's not a thing that you wait to do in September before training camp starts. Like. If he's going to have a hard reset, he needs to be doing it right now. He should, When the playoffs were over and they were done, the next morning he should have been calling in somebody to help fix his shooting form. Because if he hasn't done it now, 
it's not changing in time for another season for somebody to want him. So definitely not. Definitely not. But yeah, I think it's going to be another uh, interesting season coming into the NBA. And something that I, I did find kind of interesting, I watched the interview with uh, Kevin Durant and he was talking about how he's been in the NBA for 14 years. And I was like, it's crazy to think about, but he wow. definitely. He was a he he got drafted to the Seattle SuperSonics, and we haven't seen the Seattle Seattle SuperSonics in over a decade. Yeah, it's crazy, and, I, and honestly, they need a team like the Clippers are right there. Just move them out to Seattle. But uh, why, I, why does California have four, four basketball teams? That is ridiculous. <laughs> there are four basketball teams in this state. There is a Sacramento team. Who cares what goes on in Sacramento? And then there are two teams in LA. And then there is a team in San Francisco. Why do you people think you need four different basketball teams? <laughs> it's it's one thing to have four different basketball teams. It's another to have two of them play in the same building. Like in the same, they share locker rooms. <laughs> like no, there's no point for that. Like, and I, I honestly, I thought that they would have been moved to Seattle because uh, Balmer, he he's based in Seattle. Like the Microsoft whole thing, I guess, is based out in Seattle. So I was like, oh well, they're gonna move to Seattle here pretty soon, but. Apparently he's buying up like everything in Los Angeles, so I think maybe that's a dumb move. The storm, maybe they just know like there's already oh, that's a, a squad. They they maybe they just know like there's already a championship winning team here, and there's no need to mess that up. Like standard is standard is high in Seattle. Championships are bust. That's it. Championships. These guys who play for Team USA and got <laughs> bounced out by by Nigeria. <laughs> Well, he wants to be there. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, but I, I I thought it was interesting that Kevin Durant was has only has been in the league for 14 years, and I still kind of view him as like one of the faces, like the up and not up and coming, but like still like one of the new guys. And like LeBron James has been in the league for 18 years, and he's viewed as like an old man. It's just kind of crazy how like they haven't. There's not that much space between them, but like wow, 14 years. That's crazy, I and I feel like he's underappreciated. I think it's because Kevin Durant has a genuine youthful energy. Like, he's yeah. funny, and he be arguing with niggas on Twitter, and that's funny. And every time I see LeBron tweet, it's like watching my daddy tweet. Like, it'd be way too many emojis, and he don't be spelling words. Like, yeah. So. Kevin, Kevin, Kevin Durant's a Twitter nigga. Like, I, I, I respect it. Like, Kevin Durant is, at this point, probably right now, a top 10 basketball player ever. And he'd be on Twitter spaces, like, just talking shit. And I, I respect it. I like oh. it. I like what he's doing. I like this. I mean, he be in the Instagram comments. He don't care. He'll tell Kendrick Perkins, nigga, you can't, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. And you can't say people's names in the middle of the biggest night of your career. This man was on the NBA draft. Couldn't pronounce nobody's name. I'm like, you got to get it together, brother. Hey, the best of the best. That's the best ESPN <laughs> could do is Kendrick Perkins. But anyway, hopefully uh, Mr. ESPN Eric can uh, – change some things over there when he when he gets there so um shout outs uh shout out everybody that was in the chat chan kj the ga boy uh king quest everybody appreciate y'all holding it down uh i think i'm gonna come back to twitter when i get off of here because it's been a, it's been long enough i can come back it's fine uh oh, you got suspended again no i did not <laughs> i just took a little took a little break i know <clears throat> um, but I felt like you maybe had gotten suspended. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Um, but uh, shout out to uh, um, uh, Tribbles. She's actually doing like, she's been doing it for a while now, but actually like going out 
in DJing, like in public places that people are paying her money to go out here and DJ. And she was she was saying something about um, following her on Instagram, like it helps uh, her with her pricing. So like if if you're listening to this, go to Instagram and follow triples with a Z on Instagram so she can get more jobs, get more opportunities, get more looks because uh, she's been on this podcast a bunch of times. She knows her music. She has dope ass playlist. And she always is on point with that stuff. So she definitely deserves all the, the opportunities, opportunities that she is getting. Um, also, I'd like to shout out uh, Amber. Uh, I know I said it on Twitter, but she's now officially a doctor and that's yes. a great thing. You know, for for uh, black women, we obviously we need more black women in that field. Just you know, based based on the fact that black women uh, going through pregnancy have a like higher chance of dying, and I still don't like that. So I think having more black women in the medical field can uh, change that. So uh, I definitely uh, want to shout her out for that. I know that wasn't easy, um, and we're we're all rooting for you. We're always rooting for black people here. So uh, do you have any shout outs, Rev? I just would say shout out to the Kids Wear Crowns for allowing me to explain what smooth booty jeans are. Hey. If y'all know what smooth booty jeans are, it's them pants that don't have no back pockets. And I don't understand why you walk around with no back pocket. That's not functional for you to not have back pockets. So shout out to them for allowing me to explain what smooth booty jeans are. <laughs> I mean, people need to know. Like, you got to know what that is, man. Like, you need those back pockets. Like, why do you, why are you walk around with pants in the back pockets? I mean, like, come on. It's not for the simple fact that maybe somebody want to put their hand in your back pocket. Like, exactly. But it's like, right you look dumb. Why don't you have pockets on the back of your jeans? You why don't you want pockets? You too grown to be out here with them smooth booty jeans on. <laughs> you are facts. So, uh. I've already talked about it, but my uh, song of the week is going to be Skate by Silk Sonic because the song is awesome. And uh, Rev is going to... Don't listen to the... Watch the video. I'm going to watch the video in my my morning YouTube roundup tomorrow. I'm going to watch it. Watch the video. It it definitely... I I watched the video first before I listened to the song on my headphones, but the video definitely sets the mood for it. So that is my song of the week. I don't know if you have one. I don't have a necess- I don't have a song. Uh, Lollapalooza was streaming. If you were at Lollapalooza, I encourage you to stay at home as soon as you get there. I need <laughs> you to shut your doors and your windows and don't come out um, because you are going to harm somebody, especially if you are unvaccinated. I don't even have to say if you were unmasked because I saw y'all at Lollapalooza on the television screen and y'all were unmasked. So you need to quarantine. But for those of us who had sense and watched Lollapalooza on the television where it was streaming for free on Hulu, if you had a subscription, I would recommend going back, if you can, or going on YouTube to watch uh, Steve Aoki's set. He had a DJ set that was really good. Um, go back and watch Tyler Creator's set, which I know for a fact is on YouTube. It's on Tyler's uh, account. Um, it was like an hour and a half. Tyler is such a phenomenal performer. I hope that I get to see him live one day. Um, so much energy. Uh, another a guy who's just like not afraid to like lay it all out there and, and be an artist. So that was fun. Um, and yeah, uh, that's it. I saw Mulatto or Lotto. I got Big Lotto. Her, yeah, I got to see her do the sprite thing. That was cool. 
she uh, let a couple cuss words slip, and I always like when people accidentally cuss. So, um, yeah, they're not supposed to. Tyler said yes, KJ. Tyler said was amazing. It was. I fell asleep at the end, but that's not because of Tyler. It's because I'm old and I get tired at about ten fifteen. Um, but go back and watch Tyler said if you can. Go back and watch Steve Aoki said if you can. Um, I'm a closeted um, EDM lover. I love that oomph oomph music. I love that you know Swedish club music. So go back and watch those. Most definitely. So once again, shout out to Rev for showing up. Shout out to uh, South Breeze. Uh, Dolphus for showing through, coming through, even though he has like homework and all that stuff. And uh, El Chapa for participating in the group chat and being super active on Twitter. Appreciate that. Um, this is uh, KTSE. Keep that same energy podcast. Do all the retweeting, subscribing, reviewing, all that good stuff. So uh, with that being said, since I'm the only one here, I'm just going to exit out. And thanks for coming on. Stop listening to the baby. God bless you. Peace. (laughs)